<laughs> Boom, that's fine. <laughs> and see. Grant, how are you? Ben, how are you? I'm most importantly, it's how are you first? I'm I'm good. I'm good. good. Life's just insane. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> it's good to see you. Like it's we were good just to talking see you about too, what, five months, six months? It's been five months. You wanna tell the listeners <laughs> too who long. You, who you are? Well, how we know each other? Oh, which yeah. is okay. Very, you're the first, by the way. So, we're going to talk about a story how I met Benjamin Arguelles at DZ Records. Uh, he was my professor in college. <laughs> and uh, I remember signing up for your class, and there, it said, like, no instructor on it because they didn't have an instructor for it yet. Yeah. And then you walk in the class, and then just, it was weird. After a couple of days, we just, like, got to, you know, we were just, your, the humor was the same, mm-hmm. and you were just the way that you taught. I was just like, I asked a lot of questions. You sure did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you liked that. You were like, all right, he's he's actually into this. Yes, so. it's how it's how you learn as an instructor, especially. It was my first time ever teaching. Yeah, like in graduate school, you you teach a couple classes. You're a graduate assistant. You do some other work, but you're not like in charge in charge right. for a long time. So you're, I'm just thrown into it. I'm driving. No, I'm taking the train two hours away from home. That's what, all right. So that's what blew my mind when I met you was that you were like, yeah, you know, I just drive up to Hickory Hills after, um, you know, teaching here all day. And then I got to drive back like two, three days later. Yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> but you did have a friend. Uh, I had a friend in, in Bloomington. In, in Bloomington. Right? The first semester I stayed Monday through Thursday. I'd sleep on an air mattress in his living room. Fun stuff. It, it was so funny. because <laughs> How'd you know uh, I've known him my whole life. He's one of my oh, best okay. friends. He went. He was, he was getting his graduate degree there in sociology or anthropology, actually, and so that was fun because I I got to, we got to be like kids again. Like I got to like sleep in his living room, hang out. He was lonely down there, so we got to have fun. But that first semester was crazy. Like half my life living there, half here, living on an air mattress, not knowing what I'm doing, getting used to like a bunch of students and teaching and but people like yourself and Brandon were helpful because you're very optimistic enthralled alive asked a lot of questions kind of got the class talking you know stuff like that so that was fun very interesting experience so yeah you're the first student i've ever had on here so that's kind of interesting let's go (laughs) see it bending brains here we go i made it i made it i'm it's that's what's awesome is i met you as my instructor and i'd like to think that you drive doing all this driving and all this craziness that when you came to class, you're like, hey, at least I'll get to see Grant. <laughs> I would hope it was like that. You know, yeah, when I'm at, you know, and mile Brandon. 60 yeah. <laughs> in Dwight, Illinois on I-55 heading south, I'm like, you know, I can't wait to see those those faces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you certainly made, because we had two classes, yeah. three classes, because we did mixing and mastering, sound design. And the, um, was the other intro one? to arts technology, the uh, oh. basic skills in arts technology. Oh, the, was it? Was that the one in the, the two hundred one uh, by Jody's office? Oh my gosh, that was like that, I remember. That I remember, class was ridiculous. I know it was. It was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I had fun. I had fun. It pushes but... you to like try something new and be creative. But if mm-hmm. the, if certain students aren't into it, it can be kind of awkward, you know, because right. it's every class is like a new project, a new something. Right. So Grant is one of the only people talking. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the thing. So that's like when when we had met, I knew I was like, you know what? He, he's like totally just loving the way that I'm at, like talking so much because he's like, because oh, nobody would talk nobody in would any talk, of these classes. Yeah, yeah. It was so awkward and I can't stand that awkward silence. That's the worst. It is awful. I can't stand that at all. So I'm like, 
okay, I'm just going to talk through it, you know? <laughs> and then I just started asking a ton of questions. And then, I don't know, just like we just started becoming cool. Yeah. And then I was, then, you know, obviously figuring out, you know, DZ and everything and just like how, you know, dedicated to your work you were. It was like, it was how I felt about me being a full-time musician. So that's, that's I guess, at the end of the day, my title is, is I'm a indie singer-songwriter. I tour around the Midwest. Um, I hit eight states, but usually the four around the lake primarily. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Michigan, Michigan, Wisconsin, Indiana, and Illinois. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so that's, that's me. That's how I met Ben. Um, and when I saw he was just so passionate in DZ, it, it you know, as somebody who's very passionate about writing music and being a singer songwriter, I just identified with that. And I think that's a big reason why, you know, you and I became friends because yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm like, he's a cool dude. He doesn't great. He will, you know, that was the thing too, is like, you, you would grade me like, not like hard, but like, you'd be very honest with me. Mm-hmm. And I, that's what I loved. Cause like, you know, teachers like, Oh yeah, it's good. You know? Yeah. And just like, Oh, turn it in and you know, get whatever on it. Right. Cause it's a lot of college courses. Hey, turn it, Hey, turn it in. You know, you just, just put something down and complete it and we'll give you a hundred percent. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. like with you, you gave like good, honest feedback. And I appreciated it's, that. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. It's hard. It's hard when you have 70 students and you have to give a subjective feedback that parallels object objectivity as far as technical uh, approach to audio, but a right. lot of it's subjective because it's your own personal thoughts on how you want to mix something. So it's very difficult and takes time. So to do that for 70 students is a very, like, how many times can I say the same thing? You know, it's yeah. very, it's on, on my end, it's difficult. And that yeah. takes years to hone in on how to do that. That's why COVID made it so hard because it stopped us from having that interaction. So when you're trying to learn how to be a better educator, right. teacher, professor, what have you, when you are robbed of that because you go to Zoom calls and no one's engaging, if you mm-hmm. thought no one spoke before, Zoom calls, everyone's screen is black and no one is speaking. And you're like, I am going to be so bad at this. I have a feeling my students are going to hate me. I have a feeling that <laughs> they're going to leave bad feedback. Like, I felt bad. I was like, this is not going to go well. well. You know? There's, But yeah, I only did one... You almost one you semester. Graduated, right? I did one semester, half a semester, of it, right? half of it. Yeah, yeah. That so, I did. so you were robbed of your last seven weeks of you know what? college. I'll be honest though, I will. I'll take that <laughs> over being like the the kids like who uh, started college that had to start like August of twenty twenty. Yeah, oh, yeah. Heart goes out to you well, guys. Yeah, if you're st- think about this, if you're starting August twenty twenty, it means that your senior year with like the senior banquet and the prom and the events was robbed the previous spring. Mm-hmm. So that was robbed, and then your first freshman year of college is robbed. Right. Oh, my God. That I, sounds terrible. You know what? I had a lot of people say, like, oh, like, how do you feel? Like, you know, is, uh, you know, are you, do you feel like you got kind of, like, screwed over because it was your last semester or whatever? And I was like, no. Like, I, you're so ready to leave, like, that once that Well, maybe, like, walking if you wanted to yeah. walk. Yeah. Did that bother you that you couldn't walk? Not really. You I don't did, know. You're I just, just done. Who cares? You're just done. You know, who cares? It's college. Just get the dang It's different paper. from high school. High school is a lot cooler to like yeah. go through the motion of it. Like that last day when you're walking the hallways, your very last day of high school, it's a very surreal experience because you're like, I might walk a hallway again if I go to college. It's not the same. No. But this is like the last time I'm doing anything where I'm like in this institution and I have to be here and I'm right. a kid. Like, it's done after this. And it's a very strange... So they have that, Rob, that unique rite of passage, you know? Right. And I think, uh, 
I think the high schoolers got it worse because it's like they did. They're also not as prepared to handle it. They're not fully adults yet. They haven't experienced life yet, so it's a different experience, right? And I think when you do this, you know, college is like that's why it's like I, I and hey, you know, take your time, do it at your pace. But I give people credit who have to go for longer than four years because I was like screaming to get out of there. <laughs> like I loved, I like you single handedly made college awesome. Wow, thank you, hands down. That's a great compliment. You and you and Aaron were just two people that I just, I don't know, gravitated towards. That I was just like, oh, these are people I can, you know. These have, are nerds. Yeah, like people <laughs> I can I can kind of relate to. Who are with. obsessed with their craft. Yeah, like, I mean, if you saw Aaron's last Facebook post on those speakers he's making, it's like, dude, you're, you're awesome. I love it. I love hanging out at his house. He's yeah. got the best sound system I've ever heard in my life. Oh, yeah. It's and so amazing. He, I, the podcast I did over. with him. Have yeah. you gone? No, I've never gone. You should have went if he invited you. He invited us like a couple of times, and every time he invited us, I couldn't go, which made me mad. You missed out. It is by It is the most unique sound system in the world. I mean, it's custom, built by him. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's a wizard with sound design and acoustics, right. the physics of it, the, even the electrical components. He's done all of it. Well, that's Amazing. what always blew my mind. Sorry, I got away from the mic for a second. No, it's okay. It's the worst. It's okay. We don't like those types <laughs> of people. <peeps>. You're, you're <laughs> loud enough to where off-axis isn't that bad because well, you're so close. I don't and know if I should take that as a if compliment. If you're like this person that's you know, a foot away, this is bad. But if you're just doing this, it's not that bad. Hmm. Yeah. You know. These mics, too, I mean, come on. They're, what, 350 400 apiece? I think so, unless yeah. you know someone. Oh. Not saying I do. No. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I just, when you and, just you and Aaron both had like a, just like, a, it, I, I don't know. It bugged me when I had professors in college, like when I started out, that like they were, it just seemed like they were there. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't care. Mm-hmm. You know, because you can feel that. Yeah. At least I can. Yeah. And you and Aaron always seemed like you guys cared and like, you know, you guys just like you being, you know, Ben, fun, always smile. You, I don't think one day, I, I maybe saw you uh, annoyed one day in class because there was that whole table that was talking that whole class period. Yeah, that's yeah. happened a couple times. Yeah, and you're just like, guys, I got to get through this. Like, work with me. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. We're too old to be talking through this right now. Right. And you're paying a lot of money to be here. Right. You know, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. I, it's... It's tricky because students are paying a lot of money to be there, and professors who work at state institutions, and more specifically in the creative arts, are not compensated that well right. for dealing how, with something like that. Something like that. Even the yeah. stuff, the precursor that leads to you becoming a professor is all the education, all that money spent on it, and then you being so active and relative in your field, which is a lot of work too. Right. So you're doing all this work academically speaking and professionally speaking and you're trying to hone in on how to be a scholar and expert so when you're paid like okay and then you have students who are paying money and they're everyone's like you're not being treated well by them it's like it makes you turn in that professor it's like all right i'm here not give good feedback not really care you become a shell of what you originally wanted to do. Well, right, and I think it's you become ultimately what they're doing to you. Yeah, it's like they're just trying to make you be like, all right, hey, here's get it done. You know, completion yeah. work stuff like that. It's very political. Don't get me wrong. Some of those classes in college that were like that needed to be like that. Yes, I mean because it's just like, 
I don't want to, I don't care. Like, I remember geology freshman year, and I'm like, who cares about rocks? I don't anymore. I'm like, I've taken, I know, what is it? A set, uh, sedimentary rock. I don't know, what, what a metamorphic. Unless you're into meta, rocks. I don't even know. Then why would you care? You exactly. Know? That's the thing that is just like, oh, gen, like a general education stuff, you have to get, like, it's like, when am I going to use that? So I think that's why some of, like, College students do that, yeah. And but they do like there's a big difference between like actual major courses, and then the gen ed stuff. Yeah, right. Do. Because I remember when I would go to class, there was one gen ed that I just hated. It was biology. Yeah, and couldn't stand it. It was in Schrader at ISU, mm-hmm. and it was like a one o'clock class, but it was. Oh my gosh! It just was like I ha- I hate biology. I've never been good at biology. I'm like, what what's the point of the report card in high school, and all that, and your grades and the GPA if you're simply just going to be like, ah, well, he he did bad in biology freshman and sophomore year. Let's give him a biology course. Yeah, like you should really look at that stuff. I I always thought, and um, funny enough, with that class, there was a guy behind me in the row behind me, and he was like cheating. And the TA looked up and he, he looked and he looked at me and he thought it was me. So I got hit with like a, um, Hey, you got to come to my office because one of my TAs, uh, thought they saw you cheating. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I was sitting there. I'm like, I bombed the test. I got a C. What do you mean? It wasn't a C. It was like a 62%. I bombed it. I bombed it. I'm like. Well, even if even if I did in that sense, which I actually did not, because I'm just there's no point to do that. I'm like, if I'm gonna screw myself over like that and not study and just not be good at something, whatever, just get through it. That's mm-hmm. kind of my mentality with it. But this dude mistakes me for another guy behind me who's like, yeah, you know, doing that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I get pulled to the TA, and I knew who the TA was because I had just had him in class, and he was in one of my other classes. And funny enough, after this moment happened, he was in a class after mine. I was just, I would always give him the death stare because he <laughs> tried ratting me out. And I ended up going to the office and I was, the bio professor was just a total, just, you know, just like, oh my gosh, like it's, can we, it wasn't me. I'm like, you got, I'm like, look at my test. And I told her, I'm like, I, I'm like, I just sat and I was by myself. Like, if I'm the, I'm the worst at cheating if I have a 62. That's what I said. And I was like, look, really? Am I going to cheat? I got a 62%. Like, I, I'm like, I, admit, uh, I admittedly did not study. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I admitted to this. I'm like, I didn't do good, clearly. Like, the, you know, it matches the issue, okay? The behavior matches that issue, right? So um, she finally just goes like, you know, okay, we're so sorry. Like she goes over, brings the TA into her office while I'm there. So I'm sitting in the waiting room, just like leg crossed over, you know, just bored out of my mind waiting for them. They're in the office and then they're like, yeah, um, I think, uh, the TA had made a, a mistake. And I was like, so I've been telling you guys for the past week, they got me all scared and we're like, you know, oh, you know, this could get you kicked out. And I'm like, I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like getting really just like angry. And then I would go to classes like yours where, you know, I would never do something like that. And they actually get to know you on a personal level. And that was, that's my big gripe with those gen ed classes. Cause they're bigger classes. Well, yeah. How and many that, kids were in the biology classes? Oh, it was, it was probably know, a couple hundred. Oh my. Yeah. You yeah. don't get to know anybody, but when you have, you know, 13 
15. I don't I don't like that it's gone past 15. I, I like 15 being the max, but now the class is because the the influx of attendance has gone up so much. And really? Our, yeah, our program's grown so much. That's like, awesome. Do you know how many kids were in it when you started in CTK? Or was ATK at the time? Yeah, it was, well, it was ATK, and then it was CTK my last year. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but it wasn't a lot. I mean, I it, had the same people in my classes. Right. It was, it was kind of tight-knit. It probably, if I remember correctly, it must have been around like 110, 120, and now I think it's like 180, or almost 200. Wow. Yeah, it keeps growing. But the thing is, now we're getting more people from outside of the outside of the department. Well, that's good. Yeah. So now, like the classes used to be fifteen, and now they're twenty. So people are, five like, spots majors. No, just they're so taking cl- they're taking the classes in different departments. So they have a different degree, maybe business. Oh. Or, but they're like as a extracurricular thing or an extra class, they're taking it. So we have five spots available for extra students that aren't in CTK. So oh. I'll have twenty maxed out every time, and it's really hard to go over twenty projects. Explain 20 different things, yeah. critique 20 different students. It's time-consuming. I feel like 15 would be tough. 15's hard. I really like 12. 10, 10 12 is awesome. You can spend, take yeah. time with it. You get to know each other. When you're doing a creative endeavor, it's important to like have a relationship with the student. So you right. can understand where they're coming from, with their style, what they're into, their learning curve, you know, all that stuff. See kind of what, like how their brain ticks. I like those classes. I yeah. would never be able to teach like 100, 200 class. That sounds insane. Oh, my god! You have no relationship with yeah. your students at all. Yeah. You don't know anybody. They're a number. That's it. Well, I guess I got to look at it in that way, too. You know, I guess if you're going to look at it one way, you got to look at it the other. You know, she probably didn't know either. Yeah. But, hey, you know what? I dropped it. <laughs> I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Ben, Illinois State, that's where I met you. What was that's your crazy. major? I was uh, sound design, like uh, life sound. It was like a, it was just like that general. A hodgepodge. Yeah, the hodgepodge, because I did, it, did the mm-hmm. environmental stuff with, mm-hmm. or the life sound. And uh, well, we needed your students like you, so now we have the program being implemented next fall. The official audio music production you can get a degree in it now at ISU. Wow, thanks, ISU. And I was working on there, and the first week I started there, I was coming up with those classes and coming up with the syllabi. And it took four years to be approved and implemented, and everything. Now it's we're there. Sophomore, thank you. That's awesome. It's a very long process. I just wish I was there when it was there. It's a long process, and because. There's so many loops and so many, like, political things. It just takes so long to get approved oh. by the Board of Education. It's a, it's like way above my pay grade. I'm like, I'll come up with the ideas and yeah, you guys I'll make I'll be the idea happen. guy. Yeah. Leave it to For that. now, because I'm at the bottom of the totem pole. Like, I'm at the right. very bottom. It takes time. I'm not, like, a director or a tenured professor or anything, so I don't have much of a say. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to teach, like, very specific classes. Instead of... Like, sound design one, the one that you took first with me. Right. That really should be, like, four classes in one. It's, it is it is four classes in one, but it's only one class, which is a problem. Right. It should be four individual classes. The subject matter is so intricate and so there's so much in-depth things you should go into when talking about audio theory, audio production, right. sound design, sound art. It's literally those four things in one. And then that's why I like mixing and mastering because it was one subject and you stuck that's with it. That's why that was that flowed super well because was I nice. did notice about sound design one that it was like bouncing around. Yeah, it was right? like hey, two three chapters. It's on a this, little two, bit too much yeah. of everything. Whereas mixing and mastering is like this week's two, next week's four, next week's eight, like tracks to mix. Right. Then they just kept 12, 16, 20, 24, and it was really it made a lot of sense. Yeah, it just slowly build and uh, or built, and that was fun. I like. I'm, I'm glad to teach that one again. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah, it's such a fun class. Yeah. But yeah, no. And it honestly, a lot of sound stuff that I learned throughout college has helped me in my touring life when I'm, I'm setting sure up my own sound. Um, Just the language you can speak with the, the sound engineer you're working with. Right. You can have. You could be on the same page. They like that too. When, yeah. the, when the musician knows about that stuff, and you know how not to be petty because you're like. I don't need that in my monitor. It's fine. I'm a solo musician. I'm like, just give me a DI and a mic. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, I'm a, yeah, you're in a spot where you're always, you'll always be able to hear something. It's just you. You're not competing mm-hmm. with anything. That's, that's what's nice. So how did you get into just being a solo musician? When did that all start? Oh, my gosh. Like, I, I feel like I kind of say the same story, but, like, I think a lot of it started early when I was just, like, listening to music. My dad was just like, I remember there's... It's really weird because he would listen to like this wide array of like I'd hear like Brandy by The Looking Glass, then I would hear like Jump by Van Halen, and then I would hear like, um, oh my gosh, uh, Dave Mason, you know the song uh, We Just Disagree, mm-hmm. you know that song. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I just it's like that type of music. Um, sorry, I had a little moment there, but, um, th- that type of music kind of all came together. And then he had his side of like, he loved like the Carpenters and like just all this old music, like Carpenters, um, the three degrees. I don't know if you ever heard of that group. Mm-hmm. Um, so many other just different types of music that I was hearing at least at the end of the day. Cause then my dad, my dad, when I was younger, I'd hear like Eminem and like just all this different, like, you know, you'd hear, uh, okay, what's this song called? Lose Yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. like just all these different types of, um, type of rock. But then you'd get like, just, it's just mostly like my dad loves that seventies sound. I, to this day, still hear him listening to seventies on seven, you know, that's that XM station yeah. all the time. You'll, you know, it's just, it's crazy. Every time I get into the car, the seventies on seven, you know, he just loves that sound. So I, I heard a lot of those types of groups, uh, growing up. And then my mom was a big, like stones fan and, uh, God, who else did she like? She liked the stones, um, like Patty Smythe, Smith, uh, Smith, Smith, yeah. sorry. Um, who else? She had one that she just really loved. Either way, um, sorry, mom. <laughs> uh, that like type of music on her end too, just kind of mixed with my dad's. And I just heard a lot of music when I was like growing up. Like, but they weren't musicians. My parents weren't musicians. My brother's not a musician. Um, but I do have cousins that are musicians. I got a uh, cousin who's a drummer, like metal drummer, and he did. You know, how's that go? <laughs> <laughs> you know the China some of the oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> you know he's he's like I think they kind of put themselves like deathcore or whatever you know I'm not a big metal guy but you know I don't know the the subgenres a ton with that but uh, he's a great drummer and I got a other cousin who's uh, he's like 29 he lives in Texas he uh, he played drum no no he played bass guitar and regular guitar just regular guitar. <laughs> Electric guitar. Sorry. I'm a little nervous, guys. Why are you nervous? Because it's good to be on the show. I don't know. I'm just it's cool. It's I just feel like come on, we're we're look, we got we got a we got the cover art here. We got the awesome light. We got the cool like 50 style table. Does it um, help that I'm not nervous? Yeah, it does. Okay. It good. does. It does. It's just uh it's just cool. I'm I'm like good nervous, you know. Yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh just listen to all that music and having cousins who are like were in the music because um, they were older than me. So growing up, seeing them, 
you know, seeing my cousin play bass or seeing him playing guitar, I was just like, man, that's, that's so cool. So I remember I wanted a guitar when I was in sixth grade. I don't know, how old are you in sixth grade? Was that 12, 12? 11, 11 yeah. 12. So, um, I wanted a guitar and my cousin Tyler had a ton of guitars. He ended up selling one to my dad for Christmas. And so I got like a, a Fender Starcaster, mm. like just total off brand. And it was like, here's the fretboard and here are the strings. Like the action was nada. Bad you know, action. it was so bad. And uh, I learned like just like, you know, smoke on the water and uh, what's the other obligatory one? Iron Man. You yes. have to learn the first Classic. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it just takes me back just because I can literally put myself back in that moment when I got that guitar. Mm-hmm. And that's what I knew when I knew I was like, this is something I'd want to do. So I kind of went, you know, I learned guitar for a little bit and I put it down for a little bit because I was, you know, I had friends that played sports in junior high too. And I was like, hey, you know, I want to be like my friend. So I'll, I'll go play sports this year. And then I just was so done with it after, you know, maybe seventh grade. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I don't want to do, I'm like, because I've been playing music on the side too. And I'm like, this is just more fun. This, I feel like this is more my outlet. So what ended up happening is I stopped playing sports and... I just really was wanting to play guitar and drums. So then I started doing drum lessons when I was 20. So it was 2012. So about 10 years ago. Yeah, about 10 years ago. I got my first drum lesson from my friend Greg, who was here. that We did the live session. Oh, nice. Okay. My first drum did lesson. he move to California? Yeah, he's out, he's out in L.A. Nice. So he's he's out there killing it. But he gave me my first drum lesson ever. And I was, I was doing just one, you know, Two on the two and four on the snare, and you know, bass on one and one, two and three and four. So that was my first drum lesson, and I was fourteen years old, and uh, yeah, it was. It just I don't know, it clicked with me mentally. Mm-hmm. I just was so enthralled with it. Like we were talking about with what I appreciated about your work, you know, and uh, that's kind of how I got into it, as just enjoying it, and then I knew seriously like my freshman year i was like you know taking drum lessons i'm working hard you know picking up the guitar on the side just you know i would i took lessons for drum uh guitar obviously too but like everybody does <laughs> but um i never did you're self-taught for the most part right for, oh, completely yeah nice never took well, a lesson yeah for the most part i'm self-taught but i i did like a couple of years just to get some like technique stuff mm-hmm. just because you know, yeah it's good to have it's like a it's like a I have rolodex no <laughs> I have my own technique. Well, no, that's good though. Yeah, that's good. Like, I like I'm not sitting there like you know going up and down scales all yeah. day making it boring. Like, but just doing fun exercises to get warmed up. Um, especially on an acoustic guitar, it's fun to do that so you can get in the kind of the groove of things. But um, I ended up you know I ended up doing drum lessons and uh, I just got in a couple bands in high school. I was drumming and we won like battle of the bands uh, or like second place in battle of the bands in Naperville, like my senior year in one of my bands. And then, uh, yeah, just was like doing a ton of like just fun recording. And that just was ultimately like the start of how I became a musician. And then I knew my senior year cause I had a lot of uh, bandmates that I were, was drumming for in the bands uh, in high school. We were all going like separate ways. College, you know, somebody was in Iowa, somebody was in Wisconsin, somebody was in Indiana. I mean, Illinois, you know, or Champaign, you know what I mean, or ISU, whatever. And I was at ISU, obviously, and I ended up wanting to just kind of do really start my solo career and release stuff that's 
that I'm putting out that I'm writing. And that's how the singer-songwriter thing was born. Basically, the, to put it all in a little nutshell here, I started uh, being a singer-songwriter, not only because I love it, but um, because everybody was leaving. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like, you know what? I'm, this is what I'm passionate about. And I'm like, you know, solo too when you're on the road it's like you only have to worry about one schedule one person it's easy it's easy and like very easy yeah. you get to keep all the money that too I mean, <laughs> but like that's the thing though as well on, on with starting with this is i just it was always my dream to like tour so mm-hmm. um you know when i when i did my first like tour you know like you know you do like a couple dates out of state uh you know and it's like this is great you know you're like i don't know i just it was that itch i couldn't it's Not fun oh, it's traveling, seeing things most people don't get to see, right. meeting new people, finding yourself in unique situations, new food, new culture. It, it's fun. I love it. That's what's great about it. And, you know, now that I've been really at it for years, I mean, touring throughout college too. And, you know, I was gigging, I was gigging more part-time in college because I was going to school, mm-hmm. but, you know, I'd do like one, two gigs a week. And then uh, now I, I have five set. I have a set tonight. So Where at? Up in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Waukesha? Yeah. Never heard of it. Yeah. You never heard of it? Waukesha? You never heard of Waukesha, Where Wisconsin? Where is it at? It's a suburb of uh, Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Didn't you hear about that uh, that guy that drove into that that parade? Did you hear about that guy? Maybe. I hear about a lot of <laughs> terrible things happen so often yeah, that I'm right. like, I don't even Right. Know. It's kind of white noise. But either way, that, that shouldn't even be what I say about Waukesha. It's a, <laughs> it's a nice, it's a very nice spot. Upstanding place? Yeah. It's a suburb of Milwaukee. So okay. some crazy dude drove into a parade of people and killed a couple people. When was this? Two weeks ago. Three what? weeks ago. Maybe a month ago. I don't know. Probably a month I ago. know how I missed that. I just don't know how I missed that. It's just like the Michigan shooter, man. When it rains, it pours. It's I miss so a sad. lot of things. Yeah. You know, I'm like. It's too bad. I'm like these things happen so often that I don't know. It's it's. I had this conversation re- recently with a friend, and I was like, it doesn't really change that much, knowing or not knowing. You're just a little bit more upset, yeah, and sad that day. But then you're over it real quick. But now now you have to that you have that lingering on you. And I'm aware that these terrible things happen. So I rather like try my best to be in a good state of mind so I could help people and make a difference. Right, like that's relative to me and my life, my financial situation, my reach, but like trying to pay attention to every single terrible thing that goes on in the city, the county, the state, the right. region, the country, this it's hemisphere. It's, yeah. it's not possible. It's, yeah. it's impractical, 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 <laughs> flub in there and not really feasible. And it's kind of hard on the mental state of mind. And anyone I know who really keeps up with the harsh stuff going on, going on in the world they're pretty sad all the time, pretty upset. Well, right. And, you know, trust me, I'm not focusing on, I'm more focusing on getting to the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, entertaining and stuff. And, um, but yeah, I totally agree. I just think if, if you, it's, it's all about mindset, at least for me as being, you know, just cause like, honestly, I, it, I don't know. I always felt kind of weird about it when I was, you know, starting out as a musician, like, you know, that, but that's how I identify myself. You know, I'm like, to me, it's like, I pick up a guitar. It's like that's my, that's my guitar. That's what I do for a living, right? And uh, you know, but that's like a, it's weird how when you do this job and you just kind of 
you have to gain a new perspective and attitude in a lot of ways of just like you need to be so open-minded about new things, whether it comes to recording or being out and like understanding different people. I mean, it's, I love my job. It's opened my eyes up to a lot of things and like having, like you said, just focusing on the good and creating a difference. Like when I go to my job, I want to make sure that I'm entertaining people and people have a nice time. Yeah. And people go like, hey, I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. And when you get a comment like that, or you get the the tip, which is always nice, obviously, getting tips. But um, when you get the tip, it's like a, you know, thank you, mm-hmm. but in cash form. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's nice when you when you get that because, like, you know, people don't have to, you know, people don't have to necessarily do that. People go out of their way to do it. And, mm-hmm. like, it, 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 it restores my faith in humanity mm-hmm. when people, like, say nice things or – come up and tip and do stuff like that. It's like, yeah, the money's great. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying the the action of them doing that and thinking what I'm doing, what I'm singing and playing is worth cash value to them. That that says a million things because it's like, I don't know, that's how people communicate sometimes. It's like, hey, you know what? I appreciate the job. Here you go. You know, and all types of businesses and, yeah. you know, things in the world. So to me, it's just nice because I thought, for a while there that just everybody was bitter and negative for a little bit with all the 2020 stuff and then just all the bad news that goes on. And the 2021 stuff. Yeah, and the 2021 stuff. This is a two-year ordeal. It is. Maybe three. Yeah, let's hope don't say that. (laughs) (laughs) I have a feeling next summer is going to be like a very different life. I would hope so. It's going to be the beginning of like a new renaissance and our, our version of the Roaring Twenties, you know. I think we'll start up next summer. Dang, we can go Gatsby on it. You can yeah. start calling me old sport. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I think sport. people are really overwhelmed and tired of this. I think with like all the news of new variants coming out, and a third booster shot, right, or third shot, and I don't know. I, I just feel like we'll we'll figure some things out more, and everyone's gonna be a lot more. Because I mean, people are already going to shows. Like I'm going to a show tomorrow night. I've gone to five concerts already. I've gone to the movies. Right. I've gone to restaurants. I don't do any of that stuff as much as I used to. Right. But I've I've done it and I've gone to it and I'm like, man, it's like this close for those listening. I'm holding my fingers close together. <laughs> this close to being being normal. <laughs> for those listening, I'm holding my fingers close together. There was no space. There was no just space. on top of each other. That's this how little close. it is. It's this close to being <laughs> normal again, but it's yeah. not. You know, you, you pull your mask down when you drink a beer at the show yeah, and you like, put it back the, up. What's the difference? It's so you know? interesting. <laughs> I know. It's like I saw a meme the other day and it was um, how stupid how stupid Americans are in one meme. And it was like split half, you know, like this. So just take like a, a square and split it in half. Top was um, people like waiting like to board a flight and they're all spread like six feet apart and then it's all these people crammed in a plane and yeah. then they have masks on it's yeah. like what's what what was the point of the the six feet distance of you wait it just like or go to a sold out show right you can go to sold out shows oh and be gosh. on top of each other i don't know which what, i've been to is it like a thing that people just feel better with them on it's to me it's like it's a it's, i forgot my mask a lot of times like i've walked into places and people have been like sir and i'm like looking around i'm like what and then I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot we're doing this yeah, thing. Sam. You know, it's a. I think it's just a political thing. It's it's signaling something that you mm-hmm. believe a certain way, but then you take it off to eat really quickly, or to drink, 
Um, it's weird. Or, yeah, we're not six feet from each other at a concert right. or a movie theater. It's really strange. It is the weirdest stance. I, I just laugh at it. I'm like, I'll follow the rules. <laughs> yeah. I'll, right, right. I'll I don't want to get rules, kicked out. <laughs> but I'm laughing at it the whole time. I'm following them. But I'm just inside looking at my friend like, this is so goofy. This is stupid. What and are we doing? You can go to, like into the smallest restaurant. You walk in, mask on. The person brings you to the table. You walk for three seconds. You take it off right away. There's like 20 feet you have it on. I'm like, this, what do we, there's no plastic anywhere. There's no, no one checked your ID if you're vaccinated or not. Right. You're just like, what, the, what's the point yeah. of any of this at yeah. this point? Yeah. It's this weird, delicate dance of yeah. signaling, you know, your virtue, your virtues and, and, and who you are and what you believe. And right. I, I don't know. Like, I definitely believe in, in science and think people well, yeah, should, of course. should, should Probably get vaccinated, especially if you're in the right um, age group and whatnot. But now that we do that and we were told to do that and we did it and you show the proof, show your ID, the mask thing seems like a weird, I don't know, like arbitrary thing at this point. I don't know. All right. I got a story. Sure. Tell it. And this is a recent story. I don't care if they see this. Not going to name names. Don't worry. Don't name names. But uh, a friend of mine... This couple, they were getting married recently, which congrats to them. Um, <laughs> it was so funny. And, you know, it's like no disrespect or anything. But, um, you know, I, she would, she like po- would post on like, a, like about boosters, mm-hmm. like booster shots. Why is, I didn't like, it, it's totally fine. You can post whatever you want. I just think it's funny because, you know, it's life. You got to find the funny things, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, why has it become like a trend to post? Got my booster. Like, hey, vaxxed up. Like, you know, it's like those, like, I just voted stickers yeah, that they yeah, have now. It's just yeah. like, I just got vaxxed. Yeah. And it's like, I don't care. Like, I just, like, that's cool. Like, I just feel like everybody nowadays, I don't, I think the vaccine has pushed people to be, like, so in your face about stuff. And, like, I feel like before the, <laughs> the pandemic, people were just so, like, Hey man, let me do my thing and you do yours. And now it's just kind of like, look at me, look at me, mm-hmm. you know? And I think social media is obviously good in ways, but I think it's social media running its course too with that as well, where people, it's not just the vaccine, but it's one of those things where I see people being like, Hey, like, you know, I got my booster or this or that. And it's just like, we, th- did you think before you posted this, like you know it what I'm taking means. a picture, you know, it's like, we all know what it means. I know. You're trying to signal your virtues, your political side. Right. Looking for attention. You know, it, it you're concerned about that, Mike. No, no, I just want to make sure I'm talking on it. Oh, you're good. Oh, okay. You're you, trust me, you're on it, you're loud. All right, good. You are you're one of the loudest people I've ever met. <laughs> Do I take that as a compliment? You or? should. <laughs> you should go into politics. Just just yell. Oh, gone seven years ago. You ha- you definitely have the voice and um charisma of someone who should be like in public as far as like performing well you de- thank you. you definitely have it i try to i feel like uh i feel like what i've always tried to do is i feel like i tend to ramble sometimes no and you <laughs> all right now i guess it's noticeable now sometimes i was like who's well, you teaching know this class is you it know- me or is it grant <laughs> well you know me well you said that to me in class one time i was like dude come on i'm just trying to be a part of- I-, I gave you that i was like Sorry, just trying to be a part of the class. <laughs> and you were like, no, I love it. I love it. I'm like, I'm kidding, man. Just teach the dang class. <laughs> but like, I tend to do that sometimes. And I don't know. 
Um, I don't know exactly why I do. I just think I just like, <laughs> I, I like talking. I don't know what it is. I just. You're very thorough, very detailed. Like you'll be like, and then Ron, and you're like, I don't think people needed to know that person's name or like no. what year they were born, but you, you sure told, like, you're just yeah. thorough. It's like, yeah. you should is be. Is bad? Depends on what avenue you're in. It's bad. It's not really bad. Like at its core, it's not bad. No, no, I don't think so. Not at all. It's not a bad thing. But depending on like your profession or what you're doing, like you'd probably be really good at like radio or like interviewing because you yeah. can go in such depth. Right. Or performing, singing, things yeah. that take a lot of stamina and a lot of time and a lot of speaking and a lot of vocal exercise. Well, I picked the right craft you in sure the did. right avenue, I think. That or a you know, a politician who's just ranting all day. Mm-hmm. Do you ever think about politics? No. Good. Oh dude, I hate who politics. who wants to go into politics? I know. That's the worst I th- thing. I think about that always uh that Always Sunny episode. Are you an Always Sunny fan? Oh, yeah. I've seen yeah. Can you swear on this podcast? Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, <laughs> it's nothing bad. But I love it, how people always ask me that. It's I like, just, you know, you gotta ask. I don't you care what ask. people say. Well, you, you never know. People are very, very butthurt nowadays. I have no sponsors, no investors, so I'm beholden to no one. Well, you just got your first investor. <laughs> <laughs> but... uh where was I going with that? Where, how you I asked start? if you could swear, and you're oh, quoting yeah, 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 something from yeah. It's Always Sunny. Oh, yeah, Always Sunny. Um, there's that episode about them going into politics. It's like one of the first couple episodes, uh, or the first in the first season or two. Mm-hmm. And Frank, Danny DeVito's like, you have to be a real low-life piece of shit to get into politics. And then it goes to the cutaway to the name of the episode, and it's the gang gets into politics. Mm-hmm. And they... Uh, Dennis Reynolds, Glenn Howerton said it best. He was like, who am I going to vote for? The Republican blasting me in the ass or the Democrat <laughs> blasting me in the ass? It's just one big ass blast. <laughs> and it's like so true. And it's like it's in such a comedic way. I think that's why like I identify things with like that because it's so true. And yeah. it's, that's why I never really would ever want to get into politics. I remember like there were, there were those kids growing up that were like, I want to be president. And it's like. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> you want to have your whole life just looked over with a microscope. Mm-hmm. You can't do anything. And everyday common mistakes that people grow from in life, you're like looked at as a terrible person. It's like, dude, everyone does that. Right. People smoke, like people drink, people swear, people say stuff that they regret and they don't do it anymore. Right. Like because that was when they were 21 and now they're 50. Like, right. You know, it, it, it's dumb. And also, it's so fake. It's the most disingenuous thing I've ever seen. Exactly. It is all about money. It is all about names. It's all about who you know. It's a joke. I don't take any of it seriously. I don't either. I don't even know. I could care less, honestly, at this point. Yeah. It's a mess. It's it's a hot mess. It it matters and it absolutely doesn't. It's I don't know. Dude, I'm from Naperville. You know how many people I went to high school with there like on Facebook and I'd be like, I'm progressive. It's like or I'm I'm conservative. It's like nobody cares. Just stop. Just, just be yourself. Just stop. Can you yes. just be a nice person? I know. Just Why is be it? a nice person? You know those you know those filters they start putting up now? Like um vote vote Democrat. Like you could it's like yeah. your profile picture and then you could put a frame around your profile picture now. I know. Vote Democrat, vote Republican. It's like guys, I don't I don't it's cool. It's I vote like, I vote just be a decent human being. I know, but no, I just don't like the way that people live their life vicariously through that stuff yeah just no. like that's my identity. they it's probably like, need a hobby that's about it yeah they probably so, need to try something new something like that but that's why i never got into politics because i just thought it was all just jo- jo- i thought it was a joke i just was like this I'm like, it is a joke well think about it like if you watch parks and rec too then you'll really think about it it's like, a wow. joke that people who spent 
six to eight years in college to get very specific degrees, like law degrees or public policy degrees. Um, they end up going into it, but other than that, it's like, what do you, or journalists maybe. Yeah. It's a waste. So it's, it shouldn't be. Right. I, I'm being so much on one side of it because it's, that's how bad it is. I wish no, it wasn't. I, I wish it was more of an honored profession and, and taken more seriously because it should be. It's extremely serious. Yeah. Right. It's an absolute laughing stock of this town and city and country. And the people who should be politics will never be one. And because they're like, no, why would I want to deal with that nonsense? And those who are, you're like, why are you, who were you? Because, you know, you went to Yale and your dad was so-and-so and you, yeah, you were in you. this, this fraternity and you knew that person, you were in the skull and bones because oh, you went to Harvard, <laughs> who knows what they were in. Get into a frat, it'll look good on the, uh, on the old resume. Did it's, you go to no, any frat parties? No. No? I don't think I ever went to a frat party in college. Nice. No. I, I, just, I never did either. I, I. So I, my dad was in a fraternity because, like, that's what you did in the 80s, I guess. And um, he was in a fraternity. And what he, school? At ISU. Oh, really? Yeah, my dad. Uh, my legacy dad, kid my, over my, here. Yeah. My, yo, dude, you a legacy, bro? What's your name? What's the last name, huh? <laughs> uh, I, I apologize in advance. There'll be a lot of clipping on this episode. <laughs> Stop. I'll back up. No, no, no. See? This is what you do. When you get loud, you go. Yeah. No, I know. I do it as like a. I do it as a performer. <laughs> and then, but when you get louder, you get. Oh, no. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think it's funny though. It's you have okay. the, the clipping. Of boom, boom, boom. <laughs> That's just the funniest thing. If this ever, was an audio class, be like no clipping. Yeah. How many times oh, did sorry. I say? How many times did I say that to you guys? Oh my gosh. I went over. What is with the clipping? No clipping. Yeah. Well, no. I made. I made. <laughs> I made sure that in my assignments, and you'd be like, "Grant, I can barely hear this." It's like you said, no clipping. <laughs> Bro, you said no clipping. It's a 24-bit <laughs> system. I have 144 decibels of headroom. Let's go. <laughs> Dude, I am sorry. I will move back like a singer. Because when I do get loud, like in a louder part in a song, I always do that. Yeah, so. just back, pretend like you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, good. All right. Good. Back to what you're saying. Dad, fraternity, 80s. Dad, fraternity, 80s. Um, he was, I guess this is what you did. And he said it was like fun. It wasn't any of the stuff that like we see in movies nowadays. Yeah. You know, he's like, we didn't like hurt anybody. He's like, it's just a group of guys drinking. Like, drinking that's some what it life. Was. Drinking some high life, talking about their jobs yeah. that they need to get when they get out of school. Um, but he was, yeah, he was in a fraternity and I don't know, it just never, never tickled my fancy. I always thought the guys were just kind of just like, you know, we're going to use that word again, disingenuine. Just was like. I don't know. I just didn't identify with, like, I just like doing my own thing. And uh, I don't know about you, but I like my alone time too. Like, I like when I can just have my time to recharge. And, yeah. you know, I like being around people, but it's like also my job to be around a ton of people. Yes. So when I get home and, you know, somebody's like, hey, you should come out and do this or come out and do that. It's like, I would. I'm just the social meters low, you know? So that's kind of why I never really liked that because it was, yeah, just very... It's not your cup of tea. Yeah, not my cup of tea. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, I scoff at it. I'm like, Ugh. I'm like, oh, God. What, I'm like, you pay for your friends? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I always love doing that. Joke. I never got that. Well, because you have to pay dues to I keep, know. It's so goofy. To, though. like, pay the chefs. Like, they have chefs at fraternities. Isn't so that crazy? They're kind of culty then, huh? Yeah. That's why I didn't like it. Huh. You know? Like Weird. I, I like... It, the only cult I'll ever join is a uh, music <laughs> cult. People like that just like a band. You know, you know what I mean? You heard it. I, that needs to be clipped and it <laughs> stops there. The only cult I'll ever join and it just stops there. <laughs> the only cult I'll ever join. That'd be a good little, little piece in the, uh, the, uh, little, uh, the promo. Cults make a lot of sense. I mean, they do. Cause I mean, like religions are just big cults 
Fraternities yeah. are a little smaller ones. Clubs are another form. Yeah. Your financial state in life, like living in a, uh, a cul-de-sac that's got a, a, you know, a gatekeeper and you have people who come wander your grass and you have all these True. mansions that are like, like the same thing. That's its Cookie own version cutters. of a cult. Yeah, yeah. Where you have like, yeah, a private driveway and everyone shares like this nice area no one's mm-hmm. allowed in. That's its own version of a cult. There's many versions. But there's something to say about the stuff. size. The size the matters. The size matters. If it's big enough, the size you, you, matters. You guys hear that? <laughs> <laughs> if if the cult's big enough, then people don't think it's a cult anymore. They call yeah. it Catholicism. <laughs> they call it they call it Islam when they call it uh you know, a lot of things. Yeah. Uh Judaism. It doesn't really matter, but the cult can ebb and flow. And if it's uh it can be elitist, it can, you could be part of the yacht cult or yeah. the yacht club, they like to call it. Yeah, the yacht cult. Uh, but that's crazy. Can we talk about that for a second? Which one? A yacht club? Oh, boy. Can you imagine having that much money to the point where you have to join a club that does cost a lot more money <laughs> to talk about how much money you do have and spend a lot of money at that oh, yeah. m- uh, club that costs well, a lot of money? you know. How many times did I say that? They would, uh, they would just say that we're just jealous we can't afford to be in it, I guess. That's why I never dug country clubs. No, I've never really. I think I've been to one. I've been to two that I worked, like sound like an event. Yeah, I, I used to work at a country club. Nice. When I was in high school. Which uh, one? Uh, Bolingbroke Golf Course. Was it nice? Golf club, golf course. Yeah, it's very nice. It's where they do uh, they do a Bo Jackson. Uh, Jack, yeah, Bo Jackson, right? That yeah. guy is a beast. Yeah, of yeah. a he lives a, in athlete. Burr, he lives in like Burr Ridge. Oh yeah, a lot of he, athletes do. It's crazy. Derrick Rose did. Frank Thomas did. A yeah. ton of people. I mean, that's a very wealthy area. Michael Jordan lived in like Northbrook or something. He's probably could live wherever he. He probably has yeah. a house everywhere. He yeah. probably lives next door too. Yeah, who knows? He's probably got his own land here too. <laughs> but uh, the Bo Jackson event they used to do there all the time was kind of crazy because there's we worked on the little like range hut that was across the uh so there's like this big driving range right and there was enough space for two ends to hit into each other um because obviously the balls aren't going to travel that far it was a lot of land and so they had um a range on the side of where the big country club was and then you go over like several yards and there's a like a cabin which was where a lot of people would pull in from like the more south end of the town to come up and just go on the other side and, and hit. So I was the I was the guy that was in the I was I was picking up the golf balls in the cart. Oh, that's fun. People that would get you know oh, they call me a range attendant. Did you have like was it protected the cart? No, no, I was just out there. So yeah, of course it was protected. <laughs> It'd be more fun no. if it wasn't. Well, I had some friends that were on the <laughs> golf team, and like my dad's like big in the golf. So is my brother and stuff. So like and and like, you know, I don't. I'm not a big golfer. I do like disc golf. I'm a big disc golfer. I do mm-hmm. enjoy that in the summer. Um, but, you know, so I know how the game works and stuff. So I was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, I had some friends working at the golf course. So I was like, yeah. And I was like, range of 10. I'm like, I don't want to get hit with hit with these, like, because it's loud in there. When it hits that cage, it is loud. True earplugs. I, you know what? I always had headphones in listening to music, but I don't think that helps because I'm listening to loud music. Yes, and it then, does. Yeah. Unless they're headphones like this. Yeah, I didn't have over ears. I had the uh, the the good old uh, iPhone uh, cord phone bef- or the cord headphones before the uh, the pods came out. I, w- I refuse to do the pods. I'm still I still rock the headphones with the you, cable. Really? I don't do anything. I hate wireless compression. Bluetooth compression yeah, is awful. That is also very. Come on, now I'm a, I'm an audio file. Well, Let's go. I remember you you told me that, and uh, I tell everyone college, that they, like, but it's not hip. You got to be hip. Yeah. And hip comes at a cost. And a cost is you compression, yeah. loss on low and high end, loss in dynamic range. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I'm not about that, people. So, no. And I think what I noticed 
with working that type of job, doing that, and wearing those wired headphones, <laughs> is that, um, you know, that job was so, like, it was pretty, like, developmental to how I looked at things. Because I was, like, 16, 17 working at the time, and I'm like, okay, well, they're, you know, they're paying you minimum wage to go out there and get yonked by, you know, golf balls. And I had, like, some buddies on the golf team that would come out, set up, knowing right where I was going to be, and I would just be just a jerk, and they'd be right on the, the like, uh, what do you want to call it, the tee, I guess, and there'd be a ton of golf balls right there, and I'd go right next to them and just get in front of them and, like, just mess with them and stuff. Um, and I think it, there was a certain fun to the job, but it was very developmental in the fact of that I'm like, you know, I, I hate this, like, you had the, you know, polo tucked in, like, you just... It, Ralph Lauren. Yeah, it, just, it was just like it, it it really helped me like open my eyes up to like that type of life that I didn't really necessarily identify with. Yes. Um and like I do country club gigs, but I don't I'm not dressing up in I'm dressing up in how I dress. Jeans, mm-hmm. you know, boots. What's it like playing country club gigs? They're usually private events. What's that like? Uh, you want to hear a funny story about one? I do. So I was up in Lake Country, Wisconsin. I was in, um, what's the town called? Uh, it was called Lock LaBelle. Lock LaBelle. Like Lake LaBelle. So uh, that, that was the country club. It was called the Club at Lock LaBelle. And it was such a nice golf course, right? And I am playing like a, a like one of the pubs that's there right on the golf course, like right at the 18th tee. It's for those that aren't. Golf people, that's the last hole. <laughs> <laughs> if someone didn't know, like, where have you been? <laughs> well, I don't Eight, know. 18th hole, baby. You never know. It'd surprise you. Yeah. But um, so I was playing this uh, country club gig, you know, and it was, it was, I know the area well. Um, you know, I have actually old neighbors that moved up there that I knew. And I've been up there a lot as a kid and stuff. And I just love that lake country. I'm, I'm a big lake guy. If you guys want to know anything about me, I love lakes. Love him, Grant, the lake guy. Yeah, my my uh, my uh, dad's best friend calls me the lake expert because I know <laughs> I know like I'm I'm a nerd dude. I nerd out about it. I do like I'm. He doesn't call me that. Kid, but you see that there, that right there? That's a man-made lake. <laughs> see that over there? No, that, that's I made from glaciers. I don't do it like that. I'm not like that. But like, you know, wait before we go. Do you know the difference between a pond and a lake? It's the a, scientific difference. No, I don't. Mm. See, I'm not. I'm, that's why I don't recognize the term of lake expert. I don't think I'm an expert. I just think I like lakes and I like uh, geography, so it all kind of yeah. comes into one. Yeah. Which I am kind of a ge- geography nerd. Like when you're going out on the road and stuff, you just notice the you know just terrain and everything around. I don't know. It kind of geeks me out. It's weird. I'm right there with you. But trust me, I like it. So when I'm up there in Lake Country, it's like a lot of trees and rolling hills, and it's just nice. Like, I love Wisconsin a lot. It's very nice. It's just like I've always wanted to have a house like here, like yours, where you have land. Mm-hmm. And just like like I grew up in a neighborhood where there's, you know, houses are this far, you know, apart. Three inches from each other. Yeah, seriously. It's like, you know, and don't wor- don't get me wrong. I love the way that I had grown up. Like, I'm roommates with one of my best friends that I was my first friend I grew up across or he grew up across the street from me he's younger than me and uh so we grew up across the street together and having that type of 
you know, friend around and in that area, it's nice. But when I'm older, I want something where I can kind of just like feel like you can breathe a little bit. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. a very weird thing for me, but I like the the idea of the openness. So I always gig up there because there's there's like I think there's like ten lakes within like X amount of miles. It's it, there's it's beautiful, and so I get a country club gig up there. Great country club, by the way. Um, shout out to Mike, who was the the bartender, who helped me out there. He's a great guy, he paid me and everything. He was just really cool. He said, like, "We loved your stuff." You know, that's always nice too when you get a uh, somebody giving you a nice compliment like that. So I'm up there. <laughs> Playing my playing my set, you know, so I do a big mix usually on the road of uh, covers from the 1970s to modern day. So modern day rock. So I do all types of genres of rock. But basically, usually I say like usually anything from like Tom Petty, Eric Clapton to like, you know, I do a lot of like uh, I'll do like the Decemberists. Um, oh, my gosh. Jack Johnson, a little bit of Dave Matthews band, stuff that people just know, too. Yeah. You know, but stuff I really like. Popular too, like, rock. Yeah, like Weezer. I love Weezer. Um, I do a little bit of, like, Eagle Eye Cherry, Third Eye Blind. I do a ton of stuff that's, like, modern, too, like the Fray mm-hmm. and Black Keys stuff. I do a big mix. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm doing a mix of, like, that set just, you know, within my own originals as well. I'm not just a cover artist. My kind of goal as a musician when I'm going to gigs like this, most gigs, but especially gigs like this, is I like to have, for every one original I play, I like to have two covers. Because how I look at it is I play two covers first and familiarize people with like, oh, okay, I know this song. Oh, Running Down Green by Tom Petty. That's Oh, I know that tune. Um, Oh, Island in the Sun by Weezer. I mean, that's a fun cover. People know that one. Mm -hmm. And I just love that album. I, I love Weezer. I don't think anybody didn't like them. They were great. and Pre, like, 2002? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, like, Green Album and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so, I was, you know, I was, I'm playing up there, and I, I figured out kind of this. I, I, I'd figured out a while ago, but I it really noticed it when I was doing the two covers, one original setup that I do in my sets. Because... Uh, you know, people, I you know, catch their ear and you visibly see them or like you, you know, people make eye contact with you. And so I kind of noticed that was working. Um, and then I say, hey, can I play some original for you? And most people are very receptive about it because I feel like a lot of people that, um, you know, if you go out and play your originals and like I'm still building my fan base, I'm 23 years old, I'll be 24 in May. Like you got to. He's a baby. You, yeah, you give people a little bit of stuff they know, and then you say, hey, can I pl- play an original? And people are just more receptive to listening to that, I feel like. Um, then, you know, there's those people who just want to hear covers, and that's, I'm not a, I don't just do that. You know, I'm an original artist that plays music that I enjoy as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm playing this gig, and um, this lady, this was like the best country club gig I've ever played to date because it was so cool how this worked. This these group of ladies and like a couple of guys hanging out at like the end of the bar. And I start seeing all these people like funneling into like this uh, room next to me. It was like kind of like a, not like a conference room, but like kind of like a dining room. And um, I'm like, oh, there must be like, you know, people have weddings here, you know, maybe like a rehearsal dinner or something. Sure as hell, people are having a rehearsal dinner, right? So they go out to the bar after they're done eating, having some drinks. And I remember I played, uh, only want to be with you by Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> you know, doing the classic ninety. No, I don't do that. <laughs> but it's like you and me. You know that. You know that song, right? Yeah, yeah. of course. Okay, good. 
just in case you didn't know. <laughs> and uh, I'm playing this song, and I see a lady kind of like make eye contact, like, you know, like really enjoying it. And I was like, you know, it's like, hey, you know, kind of giving her thumbs up, but like being like, hey, thanks for hanging out and listening. Because people will do that far away. They're like, you know, I love that. It's like, thumbs up. You know, thumbs up. That's always nice, right? So, um, and want to give those people shout outs because they don't have to do that, but people are nice. And that's really cool. Restores your faith in humanity, right? And um, <laughs> this lady comes up to me after I finish playing and she goes like, what are you doing tomorrow from like four to six? And I'm like, well, I do have another set back in uh, the Chicago suburbs where I'm from. And they're like, what's it going to take for you to play um, our friend's cocktail hour for her wedding here? And I was like, oh, like, what do you mean? Like, uh, who's who's the friend? She's like, she's right over here. Her name's Brittany. Shout out, Brittany. She's awesome. If she watched, I'm going to send her this episode. She's cool. I met her on the road. Very nice. She was the bride getting married. And she comes up to me and she just goes like, we, like, we loved your sound. Would would you come and perform? And I'm like, you know what? I'll stay another night here. I mean, I already had like a hotel booked for that that day to just like, you know, sleep, wake up in the morning. And then I can just play the gig and drive home. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. So I ended up having a gig back home and I canceled it because I met these great people. And then I played their cocktail hour and people were loving it and just having a great time. And that was like the best country club gig I've played. But then you get some people just don't listen. And you're just like, you finish the song and it's just dead air. And you're mm-hmm. like, you're like, all right, it's an enter- it's it's not even an entertainment gig at this point. It's just like, a, hey, man, just sit back and play your set and enjoy it and mm-hmm. just you know, hopefully you, you catch some people's eyes, you know, but, Mm -hmm. um, that's the, probably the best country club gig I've ever played, but they're mostly, you know, it's just like kind of for ambiance, you get some people that just want a solo musician to, you know, if there's a party going on or, Mm -hmm. you know, just in the lobby or whatever, you never know. How are the people? Um, be honest. Uh, for the most part, pretty great. Tell, Tell us about the part that's not the most part. Okay. Uh, you do get those people that are just like, you can just tell that they got a chip on their shoulder about something. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a no disrespect, but it's just like, no, no, no. I, I, guess you could, I guess you could see it anywhere, but there are those people who just, you know, I, I don't know. I think it's the luxury of being in a country club. Cause I don't know if you know this, but you probably do. <laughs> it costs like five figures to be a part of a country club. Depends on the country club. Some are six or seven. That's what's ridiculous to me. How oh, yeah. can that be seven? Or even six. Six. Seven, maybe. Yeah. But I've heard of six. There's some in South Florida by, like, Naples. Oh, yeah. Like, <clears throat> where, like, multi, like multi-multi-millionaires yeah. go. Like, people who have so much money that $300,000 a year for, you know, a membership is nothing. So, oh. Like our former president, Donald Trump. He's got that Miralago thing. anybody who can afford that, it, that yeah, is, they're on a different level. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I always kind of said, and I shouldn't do this, but I sadly, like... I don't prejudge, but I'm like, I go with a thought and I'm like, you could get somebody like this, like, you know, Miralago, you know, West Palm Beach, you know, that type of, <laughs> you know, I just, that, that like kind of ritzy lifestyle, you know? Sure, um, sure. And, you know, a lot of people that are at country clubs from just what it seems, and it could be a stereotype and I could be wrong, but, you know, just like their cars, you know, they like their their golf clubs, their their clothing, like they just like their very... In the most like non being a jerk way, very materialistic, in that way, mm-hmm. um, and most of those people, I feel like, 
with music, which I've noticed, is it kind of brings out a soft side. I've seen some people that are just like, you know, that you're like, oh, you know, this person just, you know, they'll walk in and like don't don't even say hi to you. It's like like you're not even a person. And I and I always say stuff on the mic like, I'll be like, hey, you know, you guys do your thing, and I hope you guys have fun. But like, you guys can come and talk to me on a, on my break and stuff. I'd love to get to know anybody. Yeah, you know, I'm putting myself out there to want to be like, hey, I'd love to get to know people. Um, but then you know, there's those that the smaller part, like I've I've said that just you know they just don't care, mm -hmm. and like that's okay because how many people are there in the in the U.S. now? Three hundred thirty million. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. You're not gonna impress that. I hate that too. Like that idea of like you know, oh, you gotta, hey, look at me. You know, it's like no, it's just like, well, you you will remember this. One thousand true fans. Yeah. Do you remember that project? Yeah, I do remember that. That's all you need. Yeah, that's it. That's you don't need true. a three hundred thirty million fans. You just need a couple thousand because they could support you. Well, yeah. Think about like a couple thousand just true fans that yeah. like love your stuff that buy your stuff. That's that's tens and tens of thousands of dollars, right? And that You're people fine. are are putting towards you. That's what's like so important. Like right now, I so I created a, uh, I created a, a group on Facebook. So I got kind of I don't know if you've noticed this with Facebook. I know you use Facebook still, right? Are you on there much like, or no? No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll post. I'm sorry. Meta guys. Meta. We're going meta, to meta. Meta. I will post not often. Uh, once every month or once every two months. Usually something. Well, it's DZ related, right? Yeah, maybe some DZ related. I, I'm, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I'm so bad with Facebook. Well, with Facebook, it's, I feel like it's just getting harder and harder. Like if you have like your my music page, right? Like a separate page, um, for people to see that because it gets kind of lost in the you know yeah. newsfeed. No one sees up. anything I post. <laughs> right, right, exactly. I'm like all right, whatever. Yeah, it's just like I did right. my part, I guess. So I'm like, I thought I'm like, what would be a smarter way to kind of just build my base? Because, you know, people who were who would like my posts on my regular music page, great. You know, fans, friends of mine, people I've met on the road, people I've met through teaching. You know, people, it's just people you know. They, yeah. yeah. That's how it starts out. You know, and not a lot of people think that. It's not just like, hey, I'm going to chuck 100 bucks into this ad and then boom, we're good. You know, we got a fan base. It takes way more than that, right? So Facebook has groups. And I remember... But I've been in groups on Facebook. I always got notified when somebody posted in there. So Brain Biscuits started the turn. And uh You mean the gears? <laughs> it's from a Do biscuits it's, turn? It's it's from a episode of uh The League with Mark Duplass and Jay oh, okay. Duplass. They created okay. this one of my favorite shows, just such a stupid show. And you know Jason Manzukis, actor? You probably would know him if you saw a picture of him. <laughs> but he plays this guy named Rafi in the league, and he said that in one episode, like he was thinking, they're like, Rafi, like Come on, let's go. And he's like, well, "Hold up, my brain biscuits are turned." And he, he's, his gears, he just because he's a, he plays kind of that lovable idiot, yeah. in the in the show. So yeah. I, I like saying stupid, goofy things like that. But I started thinking, I was like, "Okay, well, why don't I just create a group and invite people that like my page and just like that I know on my personal page, and whoever wants to actually like check my stuff out and look and like stay." on top of what I'm doing will join the group, right? So um, I created the group, and I'm up to, like, 570 right now, 570 members, and it's nice. And you get people get notified, and the reason I know this is because I joined from my personal page into the group so I can make sure. And every time I post something, it comes up as a notification. So I'm like, yes. I'm like, this is great. This will keep people notified. And that's been working pretty good. 
with the whole fan base thing to keep people kind of updated. And I've primarily just started posting in there because what's the point of, what's the point of just like, other than like, if you release something that you want all those people on the other page to see like monthly dates or merch or like new songs, Mm -hmm. you know, that's like two or three categories that you're like, okay, that's a general post for there. Um, but I call it the Grant Miller and Jamley. I think you're a part of it. I don't even know. I'm a part of so many groups. Well, you're probably a part of the jam. I you better at, be, guys. I t- <laughs> you hear that clip? <laughs> I turn Sorry. off all notifications on Facebook. I don't know what's going on in that world. Well, I guess I'm just nerded out by it, but it's just <laughs> I, I'm 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 happy. I'm not like I'm not always on Facebook like obsessed with it, but I'm like I just love the fact that I was able to find a better way to like reach people that actually want to check some stuff out because yeah. it's, it's tough as an up and coming musician to just be like, yeah, like figure your way out, you know, and yeah. you, you got to do that and kind of find the light at the end of the tunnel. And I wanted to just find ways where I can keep people notified on what I'm doing and where I'm at. Um, and just, just kind of actually actively talking to people that are wanting to actively join, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I've been doing that and I'm, I'm that 1000 is a big goal for me mm-hmm. to get, um, hopefully a couple months into 2022. Um, but I know it'll probably take a little longer. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it takes less than <laughs> I'm thinking, but I don't want it. Isn't it weird? Over. These arbitrary numbers we have, these goals, I got to get to 2000, 1000. Well, to me, I don't necessarily, I, I just, I love what I do. I don't, I don't care as much about the numbers. Like I, I, you know what? Look, guilty as charged. I posted my Spotify wrapped as a Spotify for artist. I did. Cause I felt coerced because everybody else was doing it. <laughs> so I was like social. Right. Pressure. Well, I put it up because I was like, I felt good about it. Yeah. You know, I was like, yeah. I'm like, you know, I released, I, I had a single I released in April and then I just released a new song um, two weeks ago. And I don't know. I was just kind of like, this is awesome. Like, I'm like, I wanted to show it. Right. But more importantly, it's like after I had posted it, I did think to myself, I'm like, I don't even care about these like numbers. I'm like, I see people who post a ton of numbers and... You know, I've seen posts of people that do not do any numbers that I know that are like active musicians out touring and mm-hmm. making a living off of stuff. Um, and I think that to me is like the most important is like, you know, putting original music out. It's not about streams to me, you know, like I, I get it. I get it. Like it sucks. I, I don't know. I feel like it's a big topic for people to be like, you know, like, oh, it's BS that Spotify doesn't pay us or, you know, all these other s- services don't pay us. I'm like, well, what'd you expect? It's a corporation. They're going to just screw you over. I mean, they don't care about you. You're little, you know, and it sucks. Don't yeah. There's me. a couple million of you. Right. Don't get me wrong. It sucks. Yeah. But if you're going to release original content for the sole fact of we're going to release this, this is going to get a hundred thousand streams. It's like, you're not doing it for the right reason. And you should mm-hmm. probably rethink how it's, how it's done because mm-hmm. it's more so just like a, Hey, I released this. Check it out if you want. And if you like it, Share it with people that you know. Mm-hmm. I can't control you, but hey, it's out there and it's in in the world. Mm-hmm. Give it a shot because it would make me feel good if you did. Mm-hmm. You know, because hey, it'd be nice to hear that you're checking something new out. Because I feel like nowadays, unless you're, oh my gosh, Adele. Also, I love Adele, by the way. But if you have to be like an Adele or like a like a Drake for hip hop, or like a, oh my gosh, who else is like a. Taylor Swift? Yeah, like a T-Swift, right? Um, 
You have to be like that to get any like really like cool rec- cool recognition, I guess, of like, hey, you know, this person's doing it. And then like, I just always thought like Grammys and all that stuff. That's all a sham. Man. Oh, it's, it's nonsense. Just, it's those so awards nonsense. are jokes. I know. And it's there's like, so many musicians under that. There's so many tiers of musicians. And I don't mean quality. I just mean like as far as popularity and how right. much they're paid. But it stems from the random person who just started out and they come into my basement and they, this is their first time doing anything i've had right. so many times it's their first time ever recording or being recorded in their life and they have no followers nothing on the internet they're just starting out and this is ground zero to people who again who perform at the grammys and have 50 million streams a month just on spotify like right that is for those listening that is the far wide massive spherical spectrum of music and there's right. so much in between and most of what people think about that top 40, the Billboard 200, whatever it is, which is ridiculous and yeah, right. pathetic and a joke, but... Billboard 200. Wait, that, is Billboard 100? 100, 240, whatever. I don't... It doesn't matter. Who cares? We're on bending brains. We're bending brains exactly. here. We're saying, you know what? <laughs> Screw it to the Billboard. In my experience, that's a, bunch of no, that's a bunch of nonsense. And most of the best music I've heard has been way lower than that in tears. The... The dive bar, the cool show you went to, and the opener blew your mind. And you check them out and have you know, you know, eighteen hundred monthly plays. Like nothing to write home about. Like just, just, yeah. just random people. Maybe not even that. Nah, not even that. A hundred. Yeah, hundred. They're just they they just are great musicians who love to do it. And if they keep doing it, maybe you know, monetary value will, fi- will find their way to them. You know, but right. It's to do it just for money. Um, that's very disingenuous, and you'll be found out very quickly, um, well, sooner or rather later, maybe. Feel, you will, you're, you, you'll figure out that you feel like you're lying to yourself. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've had, I know people who are, get so, like, butthurt about the whole stream thing, and I'm like, who cares? Why, why does it matter? Just write, just, like, have fun playing music, like, go perform, like, bust your, bust your ass. Save up, buy vinyl, sum at your show, make money your own way. That's what I'm saying. You know, be an so entrepreneur. There's an artist I know named Josh Daniel. He's out of Charlotte, North Carolina. And, um, he's awesome. And he, um, he had the, he, he does like a ton of, he did a ton of live streams. I found him during COVID and he's awesome. And he, I ended up figuring out he has a, a thing called a jam lay too. So that was so crazy to me too, is he's got like kind of similar things. And I took a lot of what he was doing and, and tried to make it my own and apply it to what I'm doing. Right. So he talks about how, you know, he was just, he made a post or something. I saw something about how he was like, you know, selling vinyl and shirts and all his own stuff to, to his fans that he you know, made over streaming. He had a small fan base. He started streaming a ton. He built it way up. He was on like Good Morning Charlotte or something. He's he's a phenomenal dude. He's got like two kids. Uh, he's married and he's doing all this live stream stuff. Like he'll get asked to go places and do a live stream. Like throughout COVID, he was getting like probably going to friends places and stuff, but he lives in like North Carolina. So he was going like on the beaches, on the ocean and stuff. And I don't know, maybe doing vacations with his family while COVID or whatever and just streaming from the beach and stuff. Um, And seeing the way that he could do that and just do it all on his own. And it it makes you look at it like, oh, wow. Okay, like this is... This is how it should be done for mm-hmm. a like, – because he's a solo musician too. Plays in bands too, but at the core he's Josh, mm-hmm. you know, and that's kind of what I do. And I've been sitting there and I'm like, man, I want to 
really just keep everything more centralized to the people that want to actually hear about it, you know, and that's what's ultimately, I think the most important with all that. So if you're, and you go on his Spotify and he's got like, his songs are up, but they only got like a thousand, 2000 streams total. It's mm-hmm. like, it doesn't matter. It's, mm-hmm. It just looks, it, it's more so of a look. It's like, oh, look at all those commas. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. who cares? And sometimes it's just the random algorithm working in your favor. The right, right. the right person saw it, something was shared, and things can go viral, and it has nothing to do with your skill. It's just a random algorithm anomaly. You right. Know? And it happens all the time. Can't wait around for that stuff. You no, know? It's like not you at all. Keep doing you can't work. You can't plan on that happening. That's like winning the lottery. I know right. bands that have, that's happened for them. That's amazing, but they didn't expect it either. It just happened. You know, they might have been putting on a playlist, and then a week later, it's like, wow, my song has half a million plays because they got in some random Spotify playlist. Right. You know, it, ha- it just happens, and you don't know why. Sometimes some, sometimes it's because you tried and you actually right. put it there. I'll do that, too, when I release my music. Like, I'll submit mine to, like, 20 playlists just to be like, hey, you know, I, I'm releasing a new song. I do it to a lot of the playlists. I've been on a couple of playlists, so I've always sent it to the ones that I've been on when I release something new mm-hmm. um, and see if they want to add it. Yeah. Um, but, like, I, do, I like to do a lot of submitting just to get it in front of people's faces just to you know you got to take a chance right um but a lot of it too is just kind of random yeah it just kind of happens now i'm just massaging my oh are you i was like what are you doing <laughs> he's like I what's going you're, on i thought you're signaling he's me. having a heart attack <laughs> i was making sure you're okay <laughs> no i i yeah working i'm always just like massaging my chest because it always hurts yeah so I do this. You lift in the big weights? No, I do at-home stuff like every day. That's awesome. But, you know, they, they used to call it the prison workout. I'm like, I don't know if I like that. Yeah. They call it the quarantine workout. Quarantine workout. Like Just that. push-ups, the sit-ups, planks, different types of planks, pull-ups, chin-ups, um, a bunch of different stuff. Using the, 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 the bar that goes between the door, you know? Oh. Just that. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. it. No gym, dumbbells, flies, bicep curls, little Look at you. squats. Here at Bending Brains, we don't only <laughs> bend our own brains, but we bend our muscles. Well, you don't, we I mean, them. unless you want to get, like, really big, which I don't. No. You don't really need to go to a gym if you're creative, and you learn how to use your own body and your couch and I'll never go to a gym angle. again. And, again, they are nice with more options and a lot more um, options. I'll say it twice. <laughs> Just a lot of options. I disagree. You don't think there's a lot of options? Uh, Too many options. I, I think gyms are a, a gift from the devil. Oh, 100%. Elaborate. They screw you, dude. They screw you. They screw you. Like a drill. Yeah. They how, just how screw, do they screw you over. How do they screw you? All right, I joined a gym. You want to hear a story? Yeah. Wait, you have stories? Yeah, I do. <laughs> this is why you had me on the show. I text you. I'm like, hey, I want to be on the show. You're like, hey, you could probably talk a lot. So, yeah, let's do it. I'll just chill. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> well, I joined a gym um, a couple of years, maybe two years ago. And there was like some hidden clause that said I had to have a um, proof of like relocation of like a bank statement or like a piece of mail that shows that I I moved outside of like 25 miles from that gym if I wanted to cancel. What gym was this? It's called Edge Fitness. Well, Screw your, you, Edge. That's your problem. I'm done with Edge. You went to Edge? No. Well, my friend was there. What was that gym called Edge? I don't even know. It's it's it's, <laughs> it's 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 right on Aurora Avenue and in Naperville, and they screwed me. I mean, I don't. I I will out them. I do not care. They How'd screwed they screw me. Screwed me. So I signed up, and they you know they'll probably do their classic corporation thing if they ever saw this, and they're like, "Well, you signed a contract," and it's like, "Well, look, why do I have to?" It's kind of uncomfortable when you want to go 
cancel the, the gym, right? And they're like, well, you have to give us a proof of where you're moving to. I don't know you. I'm not showing you where I live. Yeah. You know, I'm mo- if I'm moving, why, why does this have anything to do yeah. with you? If I'm, if I'm wanting to cancel my subscription, it should work like any subscription. If you want to cancel it? Cool. You know they, what? That's sometimes it. they'll ask you twice. Are you sure? Yeah, right, yes, I, right, right. Okay. Hate so, to see you go. Yeah, right. That's the treatment I would have got. But I didn't. I had to be on customer service, and they're explaining to me a million times. They're like, well, we, we, we do need this. I'm like, look, I'm like, I'm going back to school. I was just here for a couple of weeks and I joined it just for the couple of weeks and I, you know, I'm leaving now. I can't, I can't, I'm sorry. I can't do another month. I just needed it for a month. And they were like, well, you know, you're going to have to show us a proof of this or you're going to have to do this. And I'm like, why? And I fought them on it, fought them on it. And they would never budge. So I did something smart and I went to my credit card company and I called them and I talked to them and I told this lady about it and she was with me. She was like, yeah, screw them. She was like, that's, that's the worst. And I can't believe you're going through it. I'm sorry you have to deal with that. And I said, yeah, me too, but thank you. And she canceled all, um, all a, uh, all the like transactions that would come from edge over like, and like, it was like from $5 to 150, 200, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, she canceled on that card and then I ended up just saying, screw it. And I just canceled the card out, the credit card. I had like a discover, you know, it's like that discover it card that kids in college get. So I ended up canceling that and I applied for a different card to just kind of get out of it. And I found out they had my backup debit card. So I had to go through Chase, do the same thing. They cancel all that out and edge. I remember ever since that like happened, maybe for like the first three to four months after I put put that and did that in. I was getting nonstop emails. We can't process your card. You're going to have to call us back for your membership. You know, this and this and this, this is serious. Yada, yada, yada. And just delete, 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 delete. I'm like, you guys didn't help me out. I went and did my own thing. That's, yeah. that's, I mean, that's why I just don't join a gym because they, they screw you like that. There's like these hidden clauses and these little things that you don't know about. And then they get you. It might've been a small gym that, that did that. Cause my experience with Export was like I did the I don't know it was so cheap twenty bucks a month yes, or something yeah it's like ten twenty or something whatever. like that and I did it for like a month or two and then I was like you know what I'm just gonna this was in the middle of COVID and I was like I'm just gonna work out at home I don't yeah, feel like right. driving I don't feel like I want to get I I need a lot more time in my day I don't like the music I don't really like working around out around people yeah I like to just work out alone and be in my own head. Right. And just be by myself. I don't need the motivation of going to a gym to motivate myself. I do. I could. I don't need that. There's a lot of things you have to do before the gym to get to the gym. Have you noticed that? What do you mean? Just, you know, you got to be like, all right, I got to get on my uh, gym clothes. Yeah. got to do this. Got to get in the space. I don't yeah. see. I never did any of that. No, just, I'm like, I wake up, do my workout, go for a five mile hike, come back, do a podcast, do my workout again later. Little stuff. We're doing a podcast. We're doing a podcast, in case you didn't know. This is part of my workout, by the way. This is my mental workout. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And you need that, though, too, in all aspects. Like, I I go on, like, five-mile walks. Yeah. You know, it's been freezing, so I haven't done it the past couple of days. But Oh, every um, day, baby. Rain or shine. Doesn't matter. See, that's what I need to get into that habit of just getting back to that. Because I was doing that every day, five-mile walks. Every single, sometimes closer to 10, just walking. It's amazing, walking. right? Yeah. It's the best. It's the best. And Easy then, workout. Oh, it is. But I it's mean, a workout. Just make sure you're wearing gym shoes doing it. Good gym I've shoes. D- I've done. Inserts. I've converged it before and it was bad. What is wrong with well, you? Well, I, I was just going on a regular walk, just hanging. You know, I was like, I it wasn't like a workout. Where do you walk? Well, uh, I live in downtown Naperville. So I'm like, 
okay, I'll just walk to the parks around there and through downtown. Yeah. Get off that concrete, boy. Yeah. It's going to hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. Get down to dirt, gravel, leaves, just nature. See, I concrete's went, terrible for you. Well, see, that's the thing. It's like that's what's good with Hickory Hills. You guys have a lot of. Yeah, I just like, I drive to the forest and I I just did it this morning. Just just like a dirt, gravel, leaves, grass for five point two five miles in the forest. It was beautiful. Yeah, it's I guess great. I can't complain about that because I know there are spots I could go to. You, Naperville's are surrounded by a lot of forests. Yeah, but I think it's just the fact of like it's the same thing with the gym. It's just like. Getting that jacket in the car. You gotta find a friend who'll do it yeah. with you. Yeah. I, I'm fortunate to have a bunch of friends rotating that like enjoy it. I'll go I went alone all the time. Well, I'm fortunate my girlfriend and I live together, so um, you know, she goes with me mm, basically okay. wherever. So. That's cool. But have she that. I love that woman, but she is she gets so cold all the time. <laughs> I love that woman, but she mm. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's the best, but she is literally like she gets so cold like i'm like we need to put 50 coats on you because like let's go let's go do something yeah because like when it's cold you do get cabin fever and then like she'll she'll put on one layer and then her like puffy jacket and i'm like that's not enough it's like 15 degrees today Mm -hmm. you know i'm like let's go i'm like we gotta bundle up and like i'm sitting there i got like two shirts on i'll put like a nice you know thick uh sweatshirt on and then put on my like my pea coat and then a hat and stuff, but like she gets cold so quick, so she never wants to go when it's cold. And I'm like, all right, you know, that's fine. So I'll have to go kind of do my own thing with mm-hmm. the walk. Um, but I just like with being in that area, it is nice. There are forest preserves and stuff, but it's also just the fact too, with just like, I don't know what it is with just the past couple of months too, maybe with the holiday stuff, but it's just been like so busy. Like I can't complain. I've been busy on the road. Um, like I got five sets this week, Wisconsin tonight, um, Indiana the next two days, and then, uh, back to Illinois date Saturday and Sunday. When you do those, do you just come back to Naperville? Yes. I mean, sometimes. So tonight I'm going up to Waukesha, which is suburb of Milwaukee. So it's about an hour 40 drive. So it's like a basically at ISU. So, um, I usually drive, you know, I get, I'll get there at five o'clock for load in, get there an hour early and just get set up, you know, get my sound set up, everything I need to. And then um, tonight, 6 to 8. So by the time I'm loading and putting stuff, you know, loading out into my car, it's like 8.30. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll drive home on hour 40. So it's not bad. I'll get it's home a fast at like, drive. No yeah, traffic I'll get home time. at 10.30-ish, right? Yeah. So um, sometimes I do that. But I'm in Indiana on Thursday and Friday, and the venues are like 45 minutes apart in the area. So I'm in St. John at Malt Brothers Brewing company um on thursday and then i'm in michigan city indiana mm-hmm. um at shady creek winery where i do a residency with those aren't them. far yeah so i'm like you know what i'll just get a hotel room so some sometimes i'll do that where i'll just get a hotel room so it's got a hotel room in michigan city and i you know basically what is the just, residency uh, it's at it's called shade where is it what, what like what how what does that entail oh okay so just like show a month i do a set a month with them oh cool so yeah so i've a lot of places I do residencies with, which is great. So like, you know. Guaranteed shows. Yeah, guaranteed set a month or or two. Some places I do two a month. Um, but like I'm up in Wisconsin a lot too. Um, Why not, do you do a lot of Chicago gigs? Oh, yeah. I got, I got, oh, not not downtown. No, I try to avoid downtown. Why is that? You know what? Why? Who that, this is This is interesting. I probably had a feeling this, this question is going to be asked. But like. I hate driving to the city. It is so awful. And the city is fun, but like 
my God. It's just, it's like, take everything I'm doing and multiply it by like 15. It's so much harder. Finding parking. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Well, not only but, finding but parking. It pays better. It is a little better. But that's the thing. I, th- I always found that it balanced out because you do meet some cool people in the city, but then you do meet some real just like, all right, I don't connect with you. We're not the same. Of course. Type. Yeah, you know, you meet yeah. those types of people, right? Everybody does. Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't know. I've, I've been wanting to get to Chicago. I could just more. see you rocking one of those lame parties on a rooftop on a skyscraper. Thanks. You know, lame party. Not that you're lame, but so, one of those like ritzy parties. Ben said parties. I'm lame, guys. One of those lame parties that Grant's just wailing, killing it, and, and they're paying them way too much money. And, and, and they're not. The cocktails it. are way too expensive, <laughs> and they're just, you know, hustling and bustling, doing doing some some deals, and you're just the background music, just like looking over at Lake Michigan. I do a lot of gigs like that, though. It's funny. Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually funny you say that. Um, but not like not lame party stuff. More so, I actually like... So with being a full-time musician, one thing I've really noticed is you need to have a, a I, don't, I shouldn't say good mix, but more so just like having the um, open mind to doing, um, a, you know, a couple private events a month too mm-hmm. um, because the money's better because uh, you have to just kind of do more. Um, yeah. Usually I offer people like, hey, if you want me to, you know, learn a song or two, a request, let me know, but I'm not a request artist. Because I have my cover list on my press kit. I'm like, if this is, if these artists and this, you know, this generate, these generations are something that you like, then, and you think we'd be a good fit, then cool. I'll write my set to that. But, you know, hey, give me a request or two and I'll see if I can fit it in, that type of thing. Because there's the big difference between being a request artist and an original artist that does covers. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. So all requests are just doing all, all covers and that that to me is just not the way to go mm-hmm. with music it's i want if if i'm going to be if i'm going to be putting in all my time and, and work into being a full-time musician i should be able to do what i want with it right so um doing those private events it's more so cover stuff that you do um but i'll fit originals in there too as well but that's why private events are good in the way of like hey yeah it pays more and it's it's still fun. You get to meet people. But you kind of don't get to really put yourself out there as much um, on the scale of like, hey, here's some original stuff. And, and mix doing a big mix of stuff because to me, the mixed set is so fun because you do cover tunes. But you're also doing original music of yours that you wrote that you're either that's already released or is going to be released or you're recording. So that's what I really loved. But that's like the the yin and yang of the private event is you might have to do more cover stuff, but Hey, you are getting paid more. You still get to like meet people, but I've always liked the venue stuff the best because, um, I could just do my thing and meet all types of people and, and different types of lifestyles and people that are just genuinely open to listening to original music. Um, cause you know, parties, people are just like, let's get something like this type of music. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, I think that's my favorite part is the more the venue stuff. So I, I should crack into Chicago a little bit more downtown. <clears throat> Excuse me for the little, little crack there. I could totally see it. <laughs> what? Like you doing stuff downtown. Oh, yeah. I've, and I've done it before. Mm-hmm. I just haven't. It's just Chicago's been tricky, though, with the, the, the COVID stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's been the burbs. People are always so good to me. And I think it's obviously easier to get around. Um, but like 
Chicago's not a no-no on my list. I just haven't really mm-hmm. been there much since the pandemic. So um, I definitely need to get back into there. But I do go up to Milwaukee a lot, uh, Milwaukee suburbs, like Lake Country and stuff. I'm out there a lot. I do a lot of southern Wisconsin stuff too, like Burlington, Wisconsin, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, um, like Williams Bay, Fontana, like all around Lake Geneva, that area, southern Wisconsin, Racine, um, Kenosha stuff. I mean, Kenosha, I haven't really done. There's been, I've, obviously, as you've heard through the probably the news with all that stuff a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, um, just been kind of hitting the southern Wisconsin, central Wisconsin, um, Illinois a lot, obviously, because I'm from the Burbs, so I play a lot around the area. And then I just do kind of northwest Michigan or northwest uh, Indiana. And then I do like a lot of just western Michigan because mm-hmm. I love that west side. So it's beautiful. But speaking of the rooftop, is I wanted to mention this awesome venue called Rye Bells that I play at. I do a residency with them throughout the summer. And, uh, it's awesome. There, it's a rooftop spot, and it's in Saint Saint Joe, right on Lake Michigan. And like, I'm looking like when I'm playing, it's a great crowd, and Lake Michigan's like the backdrop. It's mm-hmm. it's it's insane. So it's those types of gigs are definitely a thing. But I would much rather prefer and be at Rye Bells, where I can just kind of do my thing and be like, this is what I do. I hope you guys enjoy. If you're interested, I got here's my business cards tip jar. Here's things you can, you know, snag for me. I'm getting a nice. Um, finally investing in a nice, like retractable banner that you can hang that you can like roll up, but you can hang it and it's going to, you know, have my name and a QR code and stuff. And it'll, um, you know, send people to my website and all that. I've seen some other musicians do that, that I know. And I'm like, I've been meaning to do that, but I finally found something that's like going to fit. Cause you don't want one of those rigid posters, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it makes it harder. You, you think about all those things as a touring musician is how's this going to look on the road, like unloading and loading? Like, how can I do this the easiest as possible and not, you know, break my back if I'm playing five sets, you know, I play anywhere from three to five sets a week. So, um, Going and especially traveling in all those areas, you know, I've, I've looked at a lot of aspects to that. And my favorite part about being in those areas is the fact of it just like Midwesterners are just great people too. Like very receptive people. I do like Midwesterners a lot. It's a very, yeah, it's a different type of person. Yeah. It's just so more humbling and, and uh, modest. Right. You know, not like I, I, you know what, I'll be honest. I haven't met, like I've met more just like dicks out west or like florida <laughs> florida's <laughs> a big one why florida well i just like i don't know i just feel like people are so into themselves in florida and i'm not speaking for everybody in florida don't get me wrong but um had i had a failed spring break trip in college my senior year please to fort lauderdale elaborate on that oh it just it was bad my my buddy booked a really bad airbnb and we weren't in a good area and it was just anything sketchy happen there was a crackhead in the house next to us, oh. and we got back off the Uber, and she's in her front yard looking at the moon, screaming on top of her lungs. It was weird. I'm not even kidding. Like, it it, it literally scarred me. I called my friend who actually lived uh, in Florida. He was in, um, he was, like, north, but he was, like, by the water. With, he lived with his parents. Um, and I called him. I said, dude, I'm, I, I was having a massive panic attack because I'm like, where am I right now? Like, I'm c- completely uncomfortable. You know, there's a crackhead next to me right now screaming on the top. Like, it, you know, it's just like, it's just kind of, it was kind of scary. It was mm-hmm. like, 
where am I? I'm not, I'm not where I should be right now, you know? So, um, the most scary part was not that it was more the fact of like, I had friends that were, you know, very inebriated and like leaving doors wide open and stuff. And it's like, guys, this just screams like no matter what area you're in, if people notice this, you know, like we could, people could break in. You never know. You have to take those chances or not take those chances, but like take those things into account Mm -hmm. of like, Hey, yeah, we're on spring break. But like, also there are still people that rob people in the world. Mm -hmm. Like, like let's not throw everything to the wayside. They were like that spring break, whatever, you know, type of thing. I get that there's something to that mentality that's nice. I get it. But I didn't feel comfortable, so I ended up bailing to a friend's house. And um, I I just – he couldn't he, – he was like, dude, I wish I got work off this week. I got to work all week. I'm like, dude, don't worry. It's It was either the choice of I have to go buy a hotel room and it was going to be like a 1000 bucks for like two or three nights. Ooh. You know, it was, you know, expensive out there. Yeah. Or I'm like, or I can just buy a $150 plane ticket home. And I just cut my losses and bought a plane ticket home. Best decision I ever made, though, because right when I landed, it was like March 12th or 13th. And then COVID hit. 2020. Yeah. And I was like, what? I remember getting home from the airport when my dad picked me up and that was on TV. Like COVID-19 sweeping America. I think so. I, I swear still to this day, I swear it was my grandmother's soul watching me and make like giving me a bad reason to like giving like putting me through hell to be <laughs> so you'd like, leave early leave. well because my my grandma had passed away um the year before and her and i were really close and stuff and i don't know you just tend to want to believe that you know they're looking down on you mm-hmm. you know um and i'm not like the most massive religious guy but um you know i do believe there's something out there right what, what do you think's out there i don't know i think that's the whole point of you know, being a human is like, you don't know. You just, but you feel like there's, there's gotta be something positive. Or do we just tell us, tell ourselves that so we can sleep at night? Well, we could do that too. (laughs) You know, at the end of the day, to me, it's like, I don't know. I like to think that, Hey, you know what? You know, Mimi's checking in on me, you know, and Mm -hmm. I I loved her very much, super close with her and may she rest in peace. But I, I, I do have a feeling like, I'm like, I, I think, you know, somebody was looking down on me because I remember, the guys that stayed the whole week. I had like left on a Tuesday because we got there on like a Monday or a, or a, uh, or no, we got there on a Tuesday and I left on a Wednesday and they were staying till Saturday. And they, like, I had a couple of buddies who had uh, trouble getting flights home because things started getting so crazy and people started freaking out. And that's when like all the looting started to happen and mm-hmm. all that. And I was like, man, like, I got out in the nick of time and that was like, that was like that realization too with what I was saying earlier about like arrogant people and materialistic people is like like we were we were in Fort Lauderdale so we had to go to the these beach bars because all my friends you know they're like hey let's go let's live it up let's do the whole spring break thing and I'm like it wasn't really my thing but I was like you know what I'll keep an open mind I'm gonna go you know I'm like it's my senior year of college you know, if it goes well, great. If not, whatever. Yeah. You know? And yeah. of course it went the way I thought it was. It did not I should have well. listened to myself, but <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm like, screw it, whatever. At least I lived to tell the tale. Yeah. And, um, so, uh, every, every time we were out at like at the beach by those bars, it was just like, it, it was just every total like Guido type of guy, you know, just like bodybuilder. He's got the tight tank top on, you know, slick back hair where it's like, um, you know, like, uh, 
It's or the spiky, just real spiky hair, like total like what you would see, you know, in just that typical kind of uh, what do they call that type of person? Not not like jockey, but like more of a just kind of a not Guido, but bro, yeah, like a bro. Okay. There we go. That's okay. a great word, like yeah. a total bro, like yeah. just like yo, dude, what's up? You know, <laughs> but just like it wasn't that they were like mean to me it's just you could just tell with how they held themselves they're just, just like not your cup of tea it, yeah it's like the world revolves around me mm-hmm. so that's why i like the midwest with touring um coming back to the full circle yeah there. it's it's a lot i don't know it's just different it is and i think there's everyone's some, from here unless you're in chicago but if you're not most people from the midwest are like that's where they're from right they're not going there to try to prove anything they're like, they just live here they're just everyday people wake well, up and go to work very very just comfortable with who they are you know it's right just different and like I, th- I think the changing of the seasons too that affects a lot too if it yeah. like actually appreciate four seasons things, you know like mm-hmm. appreciating the summer and the, the spring like the nice weather we get and then like i've always thought and like props to wisconsinites they always figure out something to do when it's cold mm-hmm. like no matter the season like i'm going up to lake geneva one weekend uh, this I think it's in February. They do their Lake Geneva Winterfest. They have a it's a United States national like snow carving competition. They do oh, on the cool. lake. That's it's wild. crazy. It's cool. And they yeah they make all these snow sculptures. Mm-hmm. Like right you know it's February. It's cold, um, but it's it's like a they do like hot cocoa crawl and stuff. Just like fun stuff. And I'm like, you know, I'm sitting there and I was like, I got like a notification on Groupon about it. And I was like, I asked my girlfriend, I'm like, you want to go? Like I'm off. Off the road because I don't tour in January, February because it's just my off months too cold. I record and hunker down, and I was like, February is kind of my month where I'm going to go travel. I'm going to see a friend in Dallas who's who moved out there with mm-hmm. uh, his fiance, and um, so I was like, we should go. And it's it's a, like Winterfest. So I'm like, yeah, let's go. We'll, we'll go do it. And they just find stuff like that where they like, you know, they do these you know snow sculptures, and then they light they like. They do it in such a way where they, they like, light it up, too, with, like, not Christmas lights, but, like, just lights in general. Um, and I don't know. It's just so interesting on how they can figure out how to do stuff like that and still keep, them like, a positive attitude through. Because I feel like a lot of people in the Midwest, especially in, like, the suburbs, oh, it's so cold. I hate it. Oh, it's so depressing here. You got to make your own love out of it, your right. own life out of it. Right. Like I just kissed the mic accidentally. That's okay. Kiss it. Go on hikes, go outside, take in the sun. Like, just buy the right gear and you have it for life. Right. And just go do stuff. Like, try to treat it the same way. And once you do that enough, you kind of normalize the cold and it, it, it's not so bad right. anymore. It's, like, not a big deal. Like, I did it this morning and it was yeah. not hard, honestly. That's the thing. I think people just kind of find a reason to hate it. They don't find a reason to like it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and don't get me wrong. I, I'm not the biggest fan of the cold, but I do love. I, like I, I, I do. I do like it. I don't love. I it, like layers. I, yeah, I, that's. I, that's I why like I love not sweating. That's why I love fall too. In that way, it's yeah. like I think fall is the good, the best season. One of the best seasons in the Midwest because, exactly, in the summer, summer's great, but I'm always sweating mm-hmm. and it sucks. And it's like I don't like playing gigs in shorts. It's a very weird thing for me. I don't like wearing shorts when I play gigs. You know, I got very hairy legs and I just don't, it's like a, it's just weird. I'm like, I don't like playing in shorts. So it's like when I got to wear jeans to an outdoor gig, you know, Mm -hmm. that's the worst part about 
just summer, but it's nice having the nice weather whenever you're doing something else. But then you go to the fall and it's kind of a mix of the both mm-hmm. and the leaves are turning colors and you get to wear flannels and the style comes in. The fall is the best style. A cardigan, a hoodie, a beanie. Yes. Yeah. A beanie's the I best. I love the fashion of it. Yeah. That's the it's best. Nice. But yeah, that's, that's kind of what I've just n- noticed with like being on the road and stuff with like going around and noticing types of people. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you ever done any bigger tours outside the Midwest? You know, the furthest I've gone, no, just Midwest. Midwest. Yeah, no. I've, I've, the states I have hit are Michigan, Indiana, Wisconsin, Illinois, Minnesota, Iowa, part of Missouri, and then I'm still breaking into Ohio. Mm-hmm. But Ohio's a little further. So... You should I, do a, a national tour. That would be fun. Grant takes on America. I know, and I'd I'd like to do that, um, which would be great. But my car at one hundred and sixty two thousand miles probably will wouldn't make it, <laughs> which is it's okay because I like driving it around the Midwest and meeting people. I, I mean, obviously, of course, you want to expand, expand, and dude. keep doing more. But you I, you have a, a record coming out, so I'm working on one right now. How far along are you? Eh, pretty decently far along. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the first first song is pretty much done. We're, I'm just doing an EP right now, so um, first song is pretty much done. It's kind of a new take on stuff. So I've been with being in the studio, dude. I've kind of changed up the way that I'm doing stuff. It's weird. So usually when I was in the studio, I'd have the song written, and a lot of the parts were just already done, and I go in and just basically putting putting the track down. Right. Um, this time around, I've had new songs that I've like written on the road and while I'm touring and they're like there, but there's so much room for change for it. You know, they're not as, they're not as so set in stone. Mm -hmm. So when we've gone into the, uh, studio, it's been a lot of like, Hey, let's try this out. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. And it's been fun and it's been very, it's been uncomfortable in ways, but like a good uncomfortable, like, I haven't done, I haven't recorded like this and I've record, I've recorded a lot and I've been doing a lot of the same way. And it's kind of like a don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I wanted to change something up and kind of get a new sound. Um, so I got one of the four tunes pretty much done right now. And the first one's called nightcap. Um, and it was kind of, it's kind of about a breakup in a way, not even like, it's not, it's not that cliche breakup song, but it's more so reflecting on the, uh, fact of, um, you know, kind of the habits I was doing, you know, post breakup and just like in that part of my life where there were other, you know, kind of dark things that I didn't like that I was trying to change. And, um, the chorus is, I don't want to sit around and feel this bad, drowning out my pain with the nightcap. You never really know what's going to happen, but all I really know is that I miss you bad. You know, Mm -hmm. that's like, and like the, the main point of that is all I really know is that I miss you bad is I'm focusing on one small thing and I'm letting it rule the whole construct of my life. Because as a human being, it's not just one thing, you know, and mm-hmm. you have multiple things that make you who you are. It's like, to me, I always looked at people as like puzzle pieces. You know, there's, and especially as a musician, like, oh, I love this artist, puzzle piece. Love this artist. Oh, love this band. You know, and that forms you into your own sound. Mm-hmm. But that's how it also is, I think, with, people so this song is really just talking about the fact of how i need to get out of that like 
this this whole situation ruled my life that it's not everything you know there's other things that i have to take into account in life and not just be pushing everything else off by having a you know having a nightcap you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and stuff like you know i don't want to drown out pain i want to face pain and that's what the song's about in that way and a lot of my songs are like that i don't really like to write anything that's not um I like writing personal stuff, but I also like writing about things I've learned, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, like, just kind of what it's, what it's done. And I don't like to get it too personal because I always like it up for interpretation for people. But I feel like no matter what song, unless it's, like, pop music where it's just a kind of more about the, the general just timbre of the song and, like, oh, my God, this has a good beat, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, you want that in any song, but... Um, as a singer songwriter, like lyrics are a very important piece. So that's, I always take a lot of focus on that. So the first song is pretty much done. There's no drums. Um, it's, it's not a full band type of thing on this tune. It's kind of interesting. I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Gregory Allen Isakoff. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He's a great singer songwriter. He's like, he's like super popular, but super obscure. It's very weird. You go to like a lot of his stuff on Spotify and stuff. He's got millions and millions of streams and stuff, but, um, People that are into like that singer songwriter, um, acoustic indie folk um, sound is mm-hmm. would know him, and he has this record called "This uh, Empty Northern Hemisphere," which is one of my favorite albums of all time. And you don't see him using a lot of use of um, drums. He's he kind of transforms the rhythm in a different way, um, whether it be like upright bass to get that that sound of kind of where it fills everything and it keeps everything um, together, but it's not overpowering. Yeah. And that's what I really wanted to focus on with this record is the fact of that, like, like all the songs aren't going to be like Nightcap where they're going to have, you know, the same instrumentation. I've always liked to kind of really push different things each song because it's it try and convey different styles for each song but stick to the main theme. Um, so, like, Nightcap's a little bit more of that, like, a little bit more soft, um, you know, more more lyrically based tune. And then all these songs have that common theme, but the, the general instrumentation has different um, influences. So when I released Comeback Kid in April of this year, that's that like hooky, um, you know, just hooky kind of standard type of hit writing mm-hmm. that um, – this song just kind of had i'm like that's the type of writing that this would go well with um and i added like fun things like post choruses and stuff and like doing different things with that that but it followed more of like a i guess more listenable model right of you know the you know classic hook Mm -hmm. verse um pre-chorus chorus post chorus new verse you know, and then finish off with the, you know, a lot of chorus. Like if you ever heard the term, don't bore us, get to the chorus. <laughs> um, that's shout out to Dave Grohl for that one. Um, oh, he said that? Yeah, he said that. Um, like it, it was in like a skit he did, but um, that was the more general kind of hooky writing that I, I like to do. And if the songs have that quality, but then I just released a new single on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, Tidal, wherever you get your music, it's called Don't Forget Me. Uh, you can spell my name Grant, G-R-A-N-T. My last name is Millerin, M-I-L-L-I-R-E-N. Check it out. It's called Don't Forget Me. This song is close to six minutes. I believe it's five minutes, 54 seconds. And it plays more to my blues and soul influence. 
It's in um, six four, six eight, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it, you know, it's got the kind of just more of that like slow bluesy BB King, um, like Gravity by John Mayer. That's what I think about when I hear the the, the groove of just keeping it very standard, straightforward just kind of rhythm in the back with the drums but then like just really tasty and like just slightly distorted but like re- reverby guitar licks um and just really digging in as compared to just like trying to fill space so when i was working with my uh guitarist he, he plays lead for me he's one of my best friends nick neiman shout out you buddy great guitar player um we we're talking with like solo stuff and he he started out playing like ACDC and stuff. We we started our first band together and he plays very quick. Like he likes, you know, he likes ripping and, you know, just totally shredding, right? He's yeah. good at that. But he can take a step back and do more just melodic playing of trying to really encapsulate the feel more than the the speed and the energy. So um What's been good is when we were talking in the studio for this song, Don't Forget Me, I said, Nick, you got to imagine that you're just digging into this fretboard. If I only gave you six notes that you could play, make the best of those six type of thing. And I, we, I was like, he's like, that's a great way to put it. And you, you'd hear that in the, in the song. Um, it's, we're not trying to sit there and fill space. We're, gonna, we're, we're trying to let space kind of breathe in this song. And this song is super breathable and wide. And so I like to do that in different songs, just kind of, different types of you know influences and genres and things that i like that I, I put in hey this song's a little bit more of this let's play to that card you serve the song you know mm-hmm. and like that's what i like to do when i play out live too is serving the song don't take it away from you know the, the main point um do your own thing with it but get the point across of the, that you want to every time you play it um so don't forgive me kind of has that style and then nightcap is taking more of that like i had said you know indie folk um, singer songwriter just you know more so acoustic based uh writing and then we go back over and this new song of mine called the way it used to be it's got more of like a kind of indie rock but a little bit of like the blues style way of playing like it's like all all finger picked um and we did that song in that live session that we did mm-hmm. and um it's a little bit more faster paced but it also you know it takes some of my indie rock, but also the blues and kind of mess it, meshes it together. And the reason I say blues is just because of that, like acoustic kind of like Robert Johnson, Justin Towns Earl, mm-hmm. wearing his shirt, his style of playing. Um, that's where I get that influence from. And uh, that's what's kind of going on with these songs right now. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's uncomfortable, but it's fun. It's like, I don't know what the end goal, like what the end goal is. I'm just riding it. That's what I'm doing. But that's what that's all you can do. Yeah. You know, as a musician and an artist, is try something new. Right. Don't repeat what you already did. That's the best way to burn out is just keep reiterating the same thing over and over again. Right. You want to, and you're so young, you want to just try new things, experiment. Well, I got to a point like a, a couple of years ago where I'm like, do I just write stuff that is just hitty and hooky just all the time? She's like, is that what people want to hear? And then I'm like, I stop myself. I'm like, who gives a shit? Yeah. I'm like, you need to write what is true to what you are wanting to write and what's true to you and people will ide- hopefully identify with that absolutely you know and um 
I mean, of course, that was a realization I always had as a songwriter, but it definitely fortified it again when I was just at a low point with like COVID and stuff and like getting shows canceled and being like, you know, you just think stupid things sometimes and you're like, whoa, like you stop yourself in the tracks and you're like, stop being an idiot. That's not the way you've ever thought and don't think like that. Um, so I think it's fun and I, and I, I'm producer. My my producer's name's Chris Marzalek. He's a good friend of mine. He plays in a great band called Each Day. They're out of Plainfield, Illinois, where I go to. He's got an awesome home studio, um, and he's just been so great. He's one of my close friends, and he knows my sound very well. And it's just nice to have him, you know, just working hand in hand and giving his opinion too. Because like I've gone to producers in the past, just like yeah, like. Let's, let's put like whatever you want to do, I'll do it. And like, that's great. That's always great. But it's always, it's like a new leap when you meet somebody like that, that gives their two cents, yeah. you know, even if, even if it's like, you didn't even say anything, they say, this could be good. What do you think? Yeah. And then it gets, it gets it rolling. So it's, it's a little bit different of a process and I freaking love it, but it's also kind of uncomfortable in good ways. It's very hard to explain. No, I mean, it's a, I understand that being uncomfortable with music, you, you need to grow and change and morph in new things. It's it's such a, you know, you'll fall down and die as an artist if you just keep doing the same music, the same right. style, the same lyrics, the same hook, the same beat, the same key. You got to switch it up. You got to do new things. Add new instrumentation. Mm-hmm. Try different key signatures, time signatures. Try different artists to collaborate with. Even try a new way of, of playing or a new way of singing, a different right. harmonies, different production, you know. Is this, how many records have you done? So I... I don't I don't count my ever my first ever EP because it was bad. It was like <laughs> I was what 16 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Um but I I have my my first record I released was in 2018 mm-hmm. and then I've been releasing a ton of singles ever since. So just doing them single by single because mm-hmm. as an up and coming artist it's kind of the way to go about it. Singles, EP, Yeah, singles, so now EPs. I'm, yeah, singles and EPs are kind of just the way I'm going, but like I'm I was just doing singles for a little bit and then I'm like, "All right, now I want to just work on an EP and get a couple of tracks out there." Um so this one would be like my second record counting an EP LP type of thing. But um yeah, out on the web, I probably got um, probably about twenty original tunes out there that are in like studio-based stuff, um, and then uh, I do have live albums out there too. Mm-hmm. So um, I got it. If I'm gonna count live album, all that four, three, four. Where were the live albums? Recorded? I did one at Sound Summit Studios in Naperville. Okay. So that's and I actually rehearse there once a week. Just have they give me a room and I have three hours. I can just kind of do my thing, which is nice. Oh, that's cool. The, I have a rehearsal space at home, but it's nice to just get a different feel. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's... Uh, and do you want to be in a... Like, have a full band, or do you like doing the solo I like band? doing the solo stuff. Just you. You know? And Well, I had my trio for a while, and then just kind of went separate ways, and then it's like, you know, if, if I was going to do anything, you know, duo stuff, like maybe get another guitarist and singer, or yeah. just get a bassist, or, you know, just piano player or something. Yeah. But... For the most part, I just like what I'm doing right now. I mean, I can't complain. I love it. And you just will always play under your name? Yeah. Does it ever feel weird? Just your name? No, not really. I know. I feel you. It's just my name. I feel you. Yeah. It's just, it's just my name. <laughs> when it's just you, it, it ends up not feeling like it's your name you're saying. If it ends up feeling like it's a separate thing. Right. It's weird. Yeah. It's it hard does. to explain until you do it enough and you're like, I'm not my name. 
until my, my name. <laughs> right, exactly. And that, I, that's what I love about it, though, is that, you know, it's just like this, it's just who I am. This is, I'm not going to, I don't know. It's okay to have a stage name if you're in that, in yeah. that type of person. But I'm just like, I've never been a stage name person. You know, I'm like, this is my name. What's your middle name? Charles. Grant Charles Millerin. Yep. What What's your ethnicity? I'm uh, I'm German, Pennsylvania Dutch. Isn't that just Bohemian? What is it? What What is the original ethnic? Dude, or is it is it Dutch and German? I I don't even combo. Know. I don't even know. Pennsylvania Dutch is the Dutch who went to Pennsylvania. And I guess I don't, I don't know. I don't know why it's called that. I mean, I'm sure there's a great explanation. Yeah, I, I mean, mean that's what it. I was just told when I was a kid, so I rolled with it. But mostly like Bohemian, like Czechoslovakian. Um, I, I have some of that in me, um, but mostly German. Mostly German. Mostly German. Have you done a 23 in me? No, I've never done that. I, I am 23, so I should probably do that. <laughs> and Why, you are you. Why is it 23 in me? Is that the lowest age you have to be? 23 chromosomes? Oh. <laughs> this is, I told you, I'm not good at science. I just forget this stuff, you know? <laughs> is it the so, lowest age you have to be? <laughs> You're I like, know. I got to check stuff. I don't know why I just said that. No, I'm like, what? I just, I, sorry, I didn't even think, I don't even think about it. I didn't think about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm bad. That was I'm the sorry. best. Actually. I'm not a school guy, man. I'm just a musician. What do you that want? That was the best explanation I've heard for it. Wait, does it mean it'd be 23 and under to take it? I don't know, because that could be a thing. You never uh, know. That was great. I don't know. Sorry, guys. I'm stupid. That's no, okay. Stupid, guys. No. You're not stupid. I'm not, I'm just not a scientist. You're a musician. I'm not Bill Nye. I'm You're a an musician. artist. Yeah, yeah. Are there any other creative endeavors you go into besides music? Um, I used to podcast. I used to have a show called The Grant Miller. And so yeah, I, I was on it. Yeah, you were on it. Yes, you were. When did you, when'd you stop? I st- Well, it just got to be kind of tough, just balancing that with being a full-time musician. Yeah. And, you know, I have a girlfriend, too. and Girlfriends. You know, yeah. Time consuming. Yeah, well, you know, you got it. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it got happy it. wife, happy, happy life, life make, You know, yeah. Yeah, she's not yeah. your wife though. No, but you know she's she's very <laughs> no, important it, to me. So of course you know you got to absolutely give that time no to, a relationship, friendships, anything friendships like that. Are it the takes, big one. takes time. It well, takes time. I found that too. That's kind of been kind of a big thing. Is you know, thankfully I have a good amount of friends, but it's a lot of friends moving away, mm-hmm. and like that's what one of my new songs, the way it used to be, is about. Mm-hmm. Just kind of, it's not. Ref- it, it part of it's like memories and like reflecting on fun things we did. Sure. Or just not even just fun things we did, but just things in general yeah, that we yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. You know, whether it be fun or not. But um, it's more so of an acceptance song and the fact of, hey, this stuff happens. You know, I, I can't control it. And People grow up. People they grow move up away. and move. They get jobs, careers, want to try something new, girlfriend, wife, husband, uh, partner, kids. It's it's over. It's crazy. It's all over. No, dude, it's it's nuts. It's, yeah. How do you think I feel? I'm going to be 32 next week. I know, dude. By next my, week? Yeah. Oh. By, by my age? I can't believe I made it on this show right before your birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, Mr. Arguelles. You're going to see this uh, You're gonna see this in two weeks. But guess what? I'm going to send this. I'm going to like crop this clip out. After, you know, it's edited and everything, yeah. you better put that in the episode and be mad. <laughs> I'm going to crop that out, and then I'm going to send it to you for your birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah, and then we're sending you a nice, nice text. Thank you. But, uh, yeah, it's all over, though. By, by the time you're 32, I'm, I'm like... It's all over. What does that mean? Why do you guys say that? All right. Well, Why is it all I'll over? elaborate. When you're like, I'm not farting, that's my belt on this <laughs> leather. Um, okay. You could sit there on a Saturday night and be like, I can't hang out with anybody because everyone is with their partner. Or a kid, or at work, or is tired and doesn't want to do anything. Like I literally, like, I know a lot of people, Grant. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no one I can hang out with right now. 
like five years ago, I can two years ago I could hang out with people. Five years ago, so easy. Ten years ago, yeah. I could call sixty people and they'd be here in a heartbeat for a party. But now it's like, oh, I'm gonna even I guess I'm just gonna chill and listen to a record and relax i guess <laughs> nothing wrong, <laughs> nothing wrong with, that. with that but yeah. when you want to hang out with someone it's tough you're like hmm i guess I'm well dude in one year i had my friend scott moved to dallas scott and jay that's that uh, couple i was talking about just got engaged um congrats again guys can't wait for the wedding i'm gonna be in the wedding which is gonna be cool i'm excited i've never been in a it's, wedding it's fun it, it's fun if the wedding's cool the okay we- the wedding's lame it's not fun okay well <laughs> don't make it lame guys but they moved which was like the first first blood. Shout out Rambo. <laughs> Literally, they drew first blood on that one. I was like, man, okay, wow, that's a shock. They're moving. Uh, I had a friend, Jack of mine, who lives in uh, Michigan um, for school. He goes to UMich. And so that was like, oh, wow, he's, okay, he's gone. And then two of my close friends live downtown. Three of them, sorry, three of them live Might downtown. Might as well be gone. Might as well. I mean, it's, it's not, you know, yeah. they're not in the... They're 45, 50 minutes. Yeah, Naperville's far from the city. Yeah. And uh, so they're a bit. And then um, I had two of my, like Greg, who played drums in the live session. He's in LA. And then my other friend, Reed's in LA. And then um, another friend of mine named Mark moved to Tennessee to Nashville for a job. And I'm, this all happened in a year. Yeah. And I was like, what is going on? You're at that age. I know. And that's when I wrote The Way It Used to Be mm-hmm. because I was like, you know what? I need to just, like, I was having trouble just accepting the fact. Like, I wasn't like, oh, why are they leaving me? I'm not like that. Yeah, yeah. But it was more so just like, why is, why does this happen so quick? You know, that's what like, happens, Grant. What? You make new friends. Exactly. I've made so many new friends. Well, that's good. I have old friends. I have semi-old friends. I have new old friends. I have very new friends. I'll probably make a new friend next week. I don't know. And that's good. And that, that's all you can do. But, yeah, you got to make new friends as you go, too. Turns it, out, too, the older you get the and the newer friends you make, they're way more like you because you have right. no reason to hang out with them other than you met them in a way that is relative to like the things you're interested in right old friends it's purely proximity it's because yeah. like you said oh you're, he was my neighbor yeah if you met him 20 years later you probably wouldn't have been friends yeah because like maybe. you probably just would not have all the right things in common like professionally like, friends you make now are probably like musicians people oh, in yeah. the audio industry because that's oh, where yeah. you are and you relate True. to them because you guys do the same thing but the old friends, they're like, oh, I had them in first grade, and they were like, they sit next to me on the bus, they're at the school bus, they were, met them at a sleepover, like, it's proximity, it's not even really that you have that much in common. Right. It's just like, oh, they were there, we're the same age, so you hang out, we're on the right. same baseball team. But now when you make friends, it's like, oh, we really connect, because we're, and you don't have time to waste on nonsensical friendships, so when you right. are making a new friend, it's because you actually, like, we get along on everything, this is a cool person, new friend, you know? Right, and... When writing that song, you know, I've made I've made a lot of new friends since, oh my gosh, college, high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but writing that song was just more so accepting the fact, like, hey, look, there's going to be friends that I still consider great friends, best friends of mine, that aren't going to be around because they're going to go do their thing, and like that's just it was an acceptance song about this happens. You can't do anything about it, and no, you can't. It's you know it sucks in a way but it's also amazing because for the most part i'm just happy for my yeah, buddies people I'm are like, doing cool stuff go do your thing like i have one yeah. i have a, a friend of mine reed you would love you would love me went to columbia and um he went for sound design oh nice uh but more so like film sound mm-hmm. and he's doing a ton of 
sound out there in LA for a ton of films, any mm-hmm. films and stuff. And he's killing it. He's doing a great job. And then my other buddy who's out there, great drummer, he is playing in a ton of bands. He's he's actually teaching at a couple schools and stuff and like getting within the community and doing stuff like that. Um, it's it's really impressive to see it because you're like, man, like I remember us like just kind of rehearsed like his Greg, my drummer for that live session, he he was we did a ton of duo stuff that summer before he moved. So it was just kind of like, whoa, like you're doing a completely different thing in a different city with different people. Mm-hmm. And that feels like it was, you know, feels like us playing together was years ago and it was six months ago, mm-hmm. seven months ago, you know. So that's just kind of why that song came to the forefront because I did have that under like overly just whelming like, oh my gosh, like things are changing. Kind of got to put your gears first too, because if yeah. you got friends moving, you got to, I'm not saying it means move, but it's also just like, keep at it. You yeah. know? Like, I mean, you're doing you. They probably see like, well, he's not around. He's going to Wisconsin. He's going to Michigan. Oh, yeah. He's going to Iowa. He's going to Missouri. He's Indiana. He's, he's doing all that stuff. So he's not around either. Right. My so buddies like, are very supportive of my yeah. career in the way like, dude, you're killing it. Keep going, like sending nice texts and stuff. And that's nice because you, well, like, you are. You got to grind. Know, for your age, it's great that you're doing that. Your own little businessman. Yeah. Hey, hustling yeah, and bustling. Hey, you got to do it. Hey, ladies, I'm 6'1. How tall are you? 6'2. Dang. Hey, ladies, I'm 6'2. Six six two. Two. With shoes, I'm 6'3". <laughs> yeah, I don't know if the GF would like that. <laughs> no, I've actually had that happen, though, where there have been, like, people that have hit on me. I'm sure it's happened. And I and I've, I laugh about it because it's, like, it's it's flattering, but I'm like, no. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm in a serious relationship. I can't do that. <laughs> like, yeah. what? Um, it's profe- be professional. I tell my girlfriend about it, and I just laugh. And she's like, why are you laughing? I'm like, because it's funny. I'm like, it's like... She, you know, because she's like, no, she's like, you know, you're just, she's like, you're my boyfriend. I'm like, of course, you know. I don't see your name on me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is it written on my forehead? Uh, um, different area code. Yeah, <laughs> but she mostly laughs it off too. She's she's always like, that's so funny. Like, it's just funny. Like some of the people you meet that are like, that do that. You just, people are interesting. That's all it yeah, is. Yeah, when you get out there in the world and you're meeting people left and right, it's so fascinating. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love just going to events, making events happen, just right. meeting new individuals, people on the other side of this table. It's great. You get a little bit of insight of this universe in every single drop. It's right. great. Exactly. It's fun. You're always learning if you're just meeting new people. Everyone has their own story. It's really, I don't know, it's really beautiful. Right. And uh, that's what I just love about it. It's it's just nice that I've worked hard to get to this point and it's paying off. And yeah. just going to keep working hard and just keep at it. I mean, that's what it's about. You got to just enjoy what you're doing in the moment rather than it being, oh, what's my five-year plan, this year plan? Yeah, that, like, you can have a little bit of that, yeah. but have mo- majority of your, your brain capacity be like, what's what's now? What's the next right. week or two? Right, should be like you past, gotta plan. past, you definitely got a plan. Future, present, you know. Got to like, plan Learn from what bit. you did in the past, plan a little bit, but also, you know, for the be most present. part, be present in what you're doing. Otherwise, I don't know. Life can be really sad when you're only – reminiscing about the past and freaking out about the future. And you're like, what about now? Yeah. You're actually here now. That's all you can do. Right. You can't change the past. You can, we could barely plan for the future these days. Oh, heck You no. never know what's going to happen. Oh. You could try so hard, but anything could happen. Speaking of planning for the future, do you have any future things you want to promote? Yeah. Um, so this will probably be out in like two, wait, 
two weeks okay. from today. Um, well, I will be off the road by the time that this probably airs. But Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, everybody. Not even just Christmas, all the holidays. Happy, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year. Um, but uh, come, ch- yeah, go check me out uh, if you if you want to get some original, new original music up in your ears. Um, Check me out. I'm on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, YouTube, all all the streaming services. Head over to my website, which is millerinmusic.com, M-I-L-L-I-R-E-N music.com, just to be, you know, sure. And uh, check me out on Instagram and Facebook. My handle is at the Miller in Things. Um, a little fun little username I did off my first album called The Little Things. So, um, you know, got to get creative with the uh, the handles there. So definitely check that out. I'd appreciate any support. Um and just being a part of what I'm trying to put out there, it means a lot. Uh, if you're in the area of the Midwest and want to check out shows, you can stay up to date on my stuff on the tour tab and all that. Um, but yeah, please support, you know, up and coming musicians. Absolutely. So I'd, I'd appreciate that. It means a lot. And then go check out my new single, Don't Forget Me. It's on all the streaming services, released it November 26th uh, by Grant Miller. And so go check it out. Don't Forget Me. You're everywhere. I'm everywhere. Type in your name. You're everywhere. I'm there. And you'll be always touring around the Midwest the next year? Yeah. So March to December is when I tour around the Midwest. Awesome. So I take two years, two years, two months off to record and you know, vacation a little bit. And, yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then you play around. And then I play around, do my job. That's my thing. Well, Grant. We talked for a bit. We did. Thank what? you for being here. It is yeah, about two hours and 15 minutes about... Hey, look at that. Ben and Brains were here. It just talking. goes fast, huh? It does. Podcasts always do go fast, especially when you're on with like one of your mentors. Oh, my Appreciate heart. You're well, making you it do, man. grow and you've, you've break. Taught me, you've actually taught me a, more than anybody has in, <sighs> in the audio world, and I've, I've used it as a musician, just Thank setting you. my own audio up and having the best mix I can have and yeah. taking the environment into account. That's always a big thing. And that's what I learned with you a lot. So Thank you. It's always good to be on with your mentor. I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's great to have the uh, the uh, Padawan on. Hey, <laughs> I'm the young Padawan. I appreciate You were one of my first students. You welcomed me into being a professor at ISU because it was a very scary thing to just jump into that. Oh, I'm at sure. At 28, you know? Yeah. So thank you for that. Of course. That was... Three, I know, I three know, years dude, ago. Stop! Don't even just stop. Three years just and four stop months. Stop by your ago. head. It makes me feel. Cra- it makes me feel crazy. Like how did that go by so right? fast? He's yeah. a, he's a strong laddie now. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, I'm proud of you, Grant. Thank it's you. It's so cool to see the shows and the music. You're always doing it. Thank you. This man. and that and playing shows in Wisconsin tonight. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, you know what? I'm Keep gonna, doing it. I appreciate it, man. I, your support's always helped. So thank you. You're the best. Thank you, Grant. Thanks for having me on. I love this show. Benny Brains, check it out. Cheers. Cheers. This, check this check me too, out. <laughs> yeah, this coffee's cold. Not going to hit it. But, um, <laughs> we might need to get a refill. But Benning Brains, great podcast. Thank you for having me on, man. Thank Love you for it being here. here. And thank you for letting me be part of the show. I, the pleasure is mine. Thank you. Thank you. All right, take care.